Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure with a beginning and an end, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Aaron. Hi, guys. I'm Aaron. I am a level 13 bard. I have blue skin and blue hair because I'm a triton. I'm wearing a uh, a few gold chains across my chest and some silky scarves around my waist and not a whole lot else. I also have pointy piranha teeth. Hi. Hello. Tobias. Hello, I am Tobias. I am a walking set of armor. I also have a black polo shirt on over that and a almost white apron. And I have a squirrel that is setting on one of my shoulders. Uh, little blue motes of energy kind of come out of one of the out of the eye holes of the helmet, and they kind of change shape as with my emotions. I am an artificer. And beans. Hello, my name's Beans. I'm a level 13 uh, monk. I'm a tortoiseshell tabaxi. I wear a poncho hammock, which is a mixture of a poncho and a hammock. And I've suddenly found myself surrounded by a lot of scary people. So hopefully this will not be a complete disaster. But we'll see. We'll see. Everyone hold your breath and keep your fingers crossed. You are all in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. There have been rumors going around of strange monsters in the woods recently. Tales of creepy cloaks, like from Doctor Strange from the Marvel movies. It's probably not a big deal. The door to the guild hall creaks as it opens. You turn to look and recognize the modestly but professionally dressed human man entering the guild hall to be Ian Honeytree, an accountant. In the past, he has been hired by Nulisag, the leader of the fire-breathing kittens. Ian sees you and approaches, readying a pack of papers. He holds out a paper to each of you and says, Hello, fire-breathing kittens. Here is your annual resident tax form. Wouldn't want to lose this. You'll need to display this on moving day. Do you accept the page? I'm going to need some info here. Moving day? When are we moving? Two weeks from now. That's the day when town guards come and physically remove any Nicomoy resident who doesn't have a stamped resident tax receipt displayed on their door. A tight group of dozens of guards comes, picks up everything you own, carries it all past the town wall, and dumps it there. It's a bit inconvenient for the dumpy, but if you're in the market for a new couch, oh boy, the day after moving day is a treat. How much are the taxes? Five gold. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take my paper. I mean, I was going to say, if it's like a lot, then we'd spend our time trying to get around it in hilarious and uh, contrived ways. But if it's only five gold, then I suppose we can manage that. Although I do technically count as a dependent of cruds, so... He could probably do it for me, but no, it's okay. I can, I can try and be an adult about this. Now, um, where do I put my paw print? You look at your form and read. It says the following things. 49594 Resident Monster Cade Tax. Five gold due per adult Nikimoy resident. Printed name and then a line. Signature and then a line. Notary stamp and then a line. Display on your door on moving day or be moved. And at the bottom, there's a second paragraph you haven't read yet. 
And from all that, you deduce that that line after signature is where you put your paw print. Oh, oh, yes, I can do that. And I think I probably count as a notary too. So, bonk, bonk, done. I, I, I'll actually do a different paw for each one just to make it look a bit fancier. <laughs> and by the way, Yane would give your five gold to the government if you give it to him. By doing this, you're saying you're making a trip to deliver the five gold. So I guess everybody give their gold to beans. It's okay. I can like, I can run really quick. I'll be back in a jiffy. Okay. <laughs> sure. Here you go. So Tobias also accepts the paper? Yes. Okay. Got it. Oh yeah. I hope there wasn't anything in that second paragraph that will really, you know, kick us in the butt later on, but we'll see. Well, we could always read the second. You know, you know the rules around here. We can only read one paragraph at a time. Uh, well, I can't read at all, but thank, thank you for reading that out loud for me. Oh, I, I, I couldn't read that one time. Well, it was quite a long one time. It was like most of my life. But then like Crud taught me to read and I accidentally got enrolled in like a lawyer school. So I can probably help teach you to read. Um, how, how do you learn? Do you like learn with like, um, well, Crud taught me with fish. Do you like fish? <laughs> uh, I actually can't see words on a page. I, I would have to be able to feel the words somehow. Like they'd have to be maybe engraved. Okay. No, we can we can manage that. Uh, well, did you say engraved or grape? Because I think either one could work. To be honest. Maybe yeah. If we we could probably spell words with grapes. Yeah. Okay, okay, new plan. We'll teach you to we'll teach Tobias how to read using grapes that which are spelled out. But we're gonna need a lot of grapes. Aaron, do you know anybody with a vineyard? This is our mission. Well I'm standing behind the bar. We have coffee beans too. We can spell with coffee beans. I think we know a few dryads. They could probably help us with whatever kind of plant life we need. <laughs> okay, so I will go and deliver this money. And then we, 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 when we come back, we'll start teaching Tobias how to read using uh, grapes and maybe some coffee beans. But uh, we'll, we'll see whether Nusi needs any of those. But yes, I'll, I'll just be out real quick. And uh, Beans will uh, gather the money up, loosen in paws, because no bag necessary, and just sprint over towards what? Town Hall? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sprint over towards Town Hall and like... Turn, just turn up at the front desk, throw the money at the person, and run away again. Now, since you said you're a notary, that means that they are—they have met you, they have certified you, and they are aware of your habits. So they're like, "Thanks, Beans." Yeah, they've they've got like a they've got like a net up to, to automatically <laughs> catch everything. Yeah. Is anyone reading the second paragraph, or do you want me to move on? It's totally your choice. This is your adventure. I'm a lore bard. I can definitely read more than one paragraph at a time. So I'm reading the whole thing. Ooh, show off. The second paragraph says, Always hiring. Town guards must pass feet of strength. Which, to get a bit meta, you out of game interpret to mean that the guard applicant must be able to survive 10 damage and be able to deal 10 damage in a round. Pay 500 gold per year. History check? Uh, sure, I'll roll a history check. Let me just take a look here at what my bonus is. I got a plus six, 
and I'm gonna roll, okay, 11, so 17. Oh yeah, you pass. Your character knows that 300 gold per year is the poverty line. 500 is about double that-ish, and about 700 gold per year is when you start having what some people call fun money. Uh, You're just like wealthy and you don't know what to do with all your gold. Anyway, and you also, with that high of a history check, know that the five gold that you pay, that every adult resident of Nikimui pays, is what funds the guards' salaries and maintains the city walls. This is a monster cade tax, which is that it's like a collective insurance policy against monster attacks that pays for a stable guard employment and patrols and wall maintenance. Okay. Screech! A chair makes a hideous sound as it is pulled across the floor. DM moves on. <laughs> Nulasag, the two-foot-tall dwarf leader of the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild, stops pulling the chair once it is in front of the jobs board and climbs to stand on its seat. He reaches up and pins two flyers on the corkboard. Because you each possess the magical fire-breathing kitten's tattoo, you can read the writing written there. Nulasag hops back down, leaves the chair where it is, and walks back to the stairs to return to his office. Let's read those! Aaron reads the first flyer. Urgent! Monster attack! 2538 Blom Camp Road, Elysian Fields, 100,000 gold reward. Right. 2850 Blomfield? 2538 Blomkamp Road, Elysian Fields. And that's a 100,000 gold re- reward. Um, is there a level recommendation on that? The no, player that asks too, too the meta, DM. Too meta. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were doing that for a while, and I feel like this is a bit um, more... Okay. I will, since you're worried you're going to die, I will say these adventures are statted to potentially kill you. However, um, I think you'll survive. I mean, I thought you would survive uh, many things in the past, and it usually worked out most of the time. Okay. You can mess this up and die. I can't stop you from doing that. (laughs) What's the other flyer say? Urgent. Monster attack. 6931 Pindar Road. Elysian Fields. 100,000 gold reward. Like, I can't stop you from jumping off a cliff. I can be like, okay, I'll narrate what happens. You jumped off the cliff, you fell through the air, you hit a tree on the way down, and then splatted on the ground. So these are both (laughs) basically the same place. Two different addresses that have monster attacks and 100k reward. Yeah, but like, there's no reason to jump off the cliff, if, if that makes sense. DM to player communication making sense. There's a cliff. <laughs> Don't run off it. <laughs> I mean... You can. Speaking of running, speaking of running, <laughs> this is the point where Beans turns back up at the at the guild hall uh, um, trying, like, frantically trying to get something out of his mouth. He's like, oh, yeah, I got a load of, yeah, got a load of bugs in my mouth. It was running too fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do not taste nice. Anyway, what's going on here? Well, um, we got some job flyers. We could take on some really strong monster attacks for 100,000 gold each. Um, 
or we could do something else. It's kind of up in the air. Maybe explore these uh, flying cloaks in the woods. I, I don't know. Oh my! Well, we. Well, if you're going to take on monsters here, and he pushes a couple shot glasses of espresso forward with the cooking feet, you can get some temporary HP points from those. Oh, okay. That sounds surprisingly useful. So, okay, um, have I had coffee before? I can't remember. Is that the stuff that makes you, like, all jumpy and energy type? It does for most people. I'm players interested to see what beans is like on coffee. Oh, have you ever seen Over the Hedge? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's likely going to be hammy on caffeine. <laughs> A squirrel. Okie dokes. Where the world just stops rotating and everything is uh, slightly more up-to-date reference. A Quicksilver um, scene in any of the um, recent two X-Men movies, for those of us who haven't seen Over the Hedge. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be wild, put it that way. But those should be five, which at this level isn't a lot, but it's five ten. Yeah, okay. Five temporary hit points? Yeah. Okie dokes. And also as my once a day thing, I'll fill two flasks with um, experimental elixirs and put those inside like his his armor chest just to take this. I roll to see what those are. Well, if we're going to fight monsters, I can use my new spell here, Hex, to give you guys some extra damage with each hit that you land. Ooh, it lasts for but, an hour. Okay, uh, may- maybe... We'll just leave that until we get a bit closer to the old monsters, you know? We don't want that yeah, wearing yeah. off before we get there. But Absolutely. yeah, we, I, th- I think we should be doing some monster hunting. It seems to be causing a bit of trouble. And just think about how many grapes they could buy. 100,000 gold worth of grapes. All those words we could spell out. True. All right, well, shall we? Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, where are we going? Player wrote it down and Beans did not. I can't quite read my writing here. It looks like 2538 Blomkamp Road and 6931 Blomkamp Road. Pindar Road. Oh, Pindar. And these are both in the Elysian Fields. Okay, so they're like in the same area. So if yeah. they're like big monsters, if they're like different ones and not just the same one, then, oh, sorry, we could get them to fight each other. I mean, may actually... Let me just review my spells real quick. Maybe. Um, I have Dominate Person. I can make, if it works, I can make, as long as it's humanoid, I can make it do what we say. So I could potentially make these two fight each other. Maybe. Um, Out of character, I think you'd probably need the Dominate Monster spell instead of Person. Yeah, it depends on what kind of monster I think. If they're... Because I think this only works on humanoids, right? Yeah. And yeah, I, I reckon due to the, the fact the flyer said monster attack rather than humanoid attack, <laughs> we, we might be needed. We might be going against some monsters. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe I'm picturing like a vampire or a zombie. Well, it, I mean, if, if it's a vampire, <laughs> then I will recant my statement happily. Okay, cool. All right. Linen's... Uh, Linens is the squirrel. Linens, you stay here. 
All right, um, onward. Do we know how to get to Elysium Fields? Roll a history check. Oh, I'm good at those. Uh, 21. Oh yeah, you super pass. One wall of the guild hall is a person-sized map. You've searched it for job locations many times. Recalling, and glancing at it now, Elysian Fields is an exclusive wealthy enclave of mansions outside of Nicomoy's city walls. Not subject to monstercade protection. Or taxes. You'd think the rich people would pay the five gold to be monster-proof, but I, I don't know, that's just me. I, I think they hear the word tax and they're like, no. No, thank you. I'd rather pay 100,000 gold in finder's fees than pay a five gold to support the machine. Okay. You know, my dad was like that. He always he always said, you know, money's better in my hands than in the government. But I don't know. All right. I just went ahead and paid the tax. I've never been able yeah. to pay taxes before, so. All right. Well, let's hoof it over there. You all step outside the fire-breathing kittens guild hall, patting your feet on the cobbled road. Every road in Nikimui, regardless of small or large, benefits from the City Works program. Even the tiniest alley is paved. Do you turn left to go uphill to the suburbs and forests, or right to go downhill to the beach? Well, I feel like we always turn left, but in this case, I think it's actually appropriate. Well, I'll just follow you, Aaron, uh, because I've still got a load of bugs in my teeth, so I can't really concentrate on the on the road. But I trust you, um, up to a point. Just, you know, just let just let me know if we start, you know, bombing anything, you know, ahead of time, if that's okay. He flashes you a sharp tooth smile, <laughs> as if to say, "Oh, I'm sure you'll get the message." Tobias is just kind of following them, but he sounds like a giant set of jingle bells just kind of clomping along behind them. <laughs> jing, 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 jing. <laughs> all right, you all turn left. You arrive at the thick Nikimui city walls. Fifty feet high and as many wide, infused with sigils, the impressive earthenwork protects the city. Transversing through Nikimui's perimeter is like walking through a tunnel. A dark pipe with a light on the other end. A group of guards nods at you, permitting you to pass. Do you say anything to them? Hello. Good day, Gavna. <laughs> Do your best. I believe in you. Oh, hello, Teddy. How's it going? I think at this point, hey, Beans has worked with the yeah. We've we've worked like with the with the guards enough uh, as of late. The Beans will know at least a couple of them by name. Heard you became a notary recently. Good job. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to do that. Um, I just, you know, people put papers in front of me and I just sign them. You know how it works. <laughs> okay. Uh, you made it. You emerge into the bright sunlight. There are houses and businesses here, too. And copses of trees. Two weeks from now, there might even be a couch. Continuing on your journey, you head towards the suburb of Elysian Fields. Outside the wall, the cobbles transition to an unpaved road that wends between huge mansions. Whereas before, guards occasionally patrolled the streets, here you have seen none. Maybe there are bandits. Perception check, everyone? Uh-oh. Uh, 20. Uh, 13 for beans. Uh, 17. Aaron and Beans look nervously at Tobias, who, very certain, reassures them that there are not bandits here. This is possibly a passive benefit from living so close to the city. 
even outside its walls. You continue on your journey. Occasionally, an estate has a fence around it, but most possess gardens and grounds that simply slope to the forest. You reach a T in the unlabeled, unpaved road. Left or right? Do we have a map? Well, I mean, we can see, like, which, which direction looks more built up. Both directions have houses. You are definitely in Elysian Fields. What is the name of the street that we're on? Are there street signs? There are no street signs. The infrastructure here is severely lacking. Hmm. Does anyone see any monsters around? Your perception check before told you there are no bandits or monsters. Well, Tobias's. You are reassured by Tobias that there are no monsters or bandits. Hmm. Do I sense any any people people around? around? And no people. Hmm. Wow. You'd think there'd be some hired help maintaining these grounds. Yeah, or guards or something. Nope. Okay. Um. Well, we already did one left turn. How about we do a right this time? Okay. You arrive at 2538 Blomkamp Road. The first thing you can't help but see is the massive swimming pool in the mansion's front yard. There are two shade-covering houses, or awnings, next to the pool on the left and the right. Behind the pool, a massive yellow-stoned, purple-roofed mansion takes up what would in Nikimoi possibly be a whole city block. It's huge! This is a home? Yeah, it is. (laughs) So this is like one of the places we were looking for, right? There was meant to be some sort of monster attack around here, but... I mean, is it possible they were just like scared by the wind? Because I've had that loads of times. I thought there was a monster attacking me, but no, it was just a tree outside. Well, the place is a bit small, but uh, it's still large enough that it could be hiding some damage somewhere. Maybe the monster attack was on the other side. Maybe. I mean, we could just, you know, knock on the door and ask. Maybe send the the robot in. Sorry, is that offensive, calling you a robot? No, what's a robot? I don't know. I just, it just came to me. (laughs) I'll go. Ching, ching, ching. I mean, Aaron, let's face it. He probably, you know, gives us, you know, a bit more legitimacy. Like, I'm just a tiny little cat and you're, you're a blue dude. Hello. Is anyone home? I believe in you. Um, so you, you approached the house. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, as you approach the house, so you're walking up, there's the pool between you and the house. Standing up from where they were reclining in a lounge chair under one of the covered cabanas next to the pool, a hooded figure calls out to you. Halt! Who goes there? Hello, I'm Tobias. We're from the Fire Breathing Kittens. And to give you guys all a battle layout, Tobias is a hundred feet closer to the pool than Aaron and Beans, because you guys sent your robot out in front. Okay. Um, So he said, hi, I'm Tobias. And what else? I just said, we're here from the fire-breathing kittens. Got it. A small woman with beautiful red lips, but hideous burn scars all over the top half of her head and face, holds a fireball in one hand. When you mention the fire-breathing kittens, her eyes widen, recognizing that, uh, Guild name, and I'm sure the surprise is nobody, but she has had a negative experience with you in the past. She no. clenches her fist, and the fire crackles angrily. Why don't you all do a history check? Uh, 21. 11. 14. DC is 10 on this one, so 
Your characters all recognize because Beans told you, Beans, Dr. Crud III, and Olive told you about Keshet Burns and Titus Asker, called Burns and Titus, from the adventure How to Construct a Siege. I believe Beans threw the book at them. A literal book? Like a law book and jackhammered them yeah. in the face. Uh, Behind her. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> but how... <laughs> It just so happens that Beans is the one who recognizes them the least. No, you passed. DC 10. Yeah, yeah, I'm passed, but, you know, on the sliding scale of things. I'm like, <laughs> do I recognize? I'm sure I've seen you somewhere before. Was it maybe there? And then like the other two are like, yeah, like, you've you've told us about them before. Like, loads. You never stopped talking about them. It's like, are you sure? Like, yeah. You've drawn pictures. Oh, does Beans have humanoid face blindness? Maybe just scatterbrained, I think. Oh, okay. So. There's a Rick and Morty episode recently about turkey face blindness. I can't tell yeah. the turkeys apart. <laughs> anyway, behind her, a Goliath of a man stands up from his lounge chair as well. Six foot eight, all muscle, dark skin, stark white hair, and tribal tattoos all around his arms. And you all recognize him as Titus. My goodness. Ada, not now. Your drawing wasn't so big. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't have like this full-sized paper. They they only come like you know a, like a foot high. If we had if we had bigger paper, then maybe I'd try and draw them to scale. But but no, we only have little paper. But I don't think that's the issue right now. Um, hello. Um, how's it going? Are you still a hundred feet away? I would have thought so. Yeah. Okay. I sense some very powerful fire magic there. Could you show me how to do that? Okay. They can't really hear beans because you're so far away. Yeah, and... what? Hey, how's it going? They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. So the fire magic thing. Yeah, that's right. This is my fire magic, says Burn. Um... And I'm going to burn you, fire-breathing kitten. Oh, well, I, I, I would not like that. Could I, could I not be burned? Yeah, why are you here? Go away. Well, we heard there was a monster attack here, and we came to help. Oh, the gnomes hired you? Hmm. She glances up at the main house, which hasn't yet reacted to your presence. No doors have opened, no window blinds have been peeked through that you can tell. Titus cracks his giant knuckles. That's really too bad. We've got things handled here. He whistles incredibly loudly. I'm not going to do that on the podcast, but he whistles incredibly loudly, and two goblins come running from behind the house. Titus says, maybe we'll handle you real quick, too. He draws a weapon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Aaron's just going to run up and try to flash a really charming smile and say, hi, I don't think we've met before. I'm Prince Aaron, you know, Prince of the Tritons. Okay, DM speaking, if you perform musically, I will let you succeed at this. <laughs> um, hmm, hmm, perform musically something. Um, is there a song about forgiveness? Probably quite a few. We're going to make one up. Why can't we be friends just together now? I don't know you yet, but you look real good. So why don't we go for a walk? 
through these little woods. Bye, people. <laughs> Tobias starts tapping on his own, like, chest plate, like steel drums. Ooh, is it like those, uh, the, like, steel drum in, like, the Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I love those. Me too. So, because Tobias gave you the help action, roll persuasion with advantage. That's twice and take the higher number, bard. What will this be? Can we hit 100? Good, because the first one was a natural one. (laughs) Gosh. 15 plus 10, so 25. 25. Uh, yeah. You're just too cute to chop up into little pieces. Titus puts his weapon away. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Beans takes out a small um, uh, leaf of parchment, which just has a load of names, uh, the vast majority of them crossed out. And then he crosses out the one that says Simmond and writes on Titus, question mark. He's just trying to keep track of names. Oh my, I didn't know there was a list. Someone's got to keep track. No, no one does. No. I need to know which name to say at a parties. But I tell me, like, really in passing for you if I say the wrong one. Okay, all right, well... Um, anyways, so, yeah, uh, Titus, we were, we were kind of sent about a monster attack. What's going on? Do you want to fill us in? Yeah, I'll take you to the gnomes and tell you about it. So the goblins that were charging across the lawn, which I don't think any of you guys met them, but that's Grack and Spork from Mythical Dilemmas. Anyway. Oh, by the way, there are no new characters in this adventure. Get excited. All recurring cast. The two goblins stop running across the lawn and instead trudge into the house's front door. You guys are welcome to join. Titus and Burn are unhappily waving you in. Like, great, great. Because as the guards working here, now they're going to have to work with you. They uh, don't like that. So <laughs> do you go in the house? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm going to knock first, obviously, but... <laughs> Beans knocks. But that's just common courtesy. Titus walks past them and goes, thank you, do your best. Thank you. I believe in you. (laughs) Too adorable to chop into little pieces. A tiny gnome couple greets you. (laughs) They look even smaller, standing in their tall, ceilinged house. Fire-breathing kittens! How good you're here! There are monsters in the woods outside our home! Please take care of them. We'll pay you well. 100,000 gold. What kind of monsters? They point at the goblins, which are about their height, and they say, There were four goblins yesterday. Oh, goblins. Okay. (laughs) And now there's only two. They were patrolling in the woods, and they did not come back. Oh, so you don't know what the monster is. You just know that you're missing two goblin guards. Yep. All right. Did anyone else see the monsters? Aaron looks expectantly at the two goblins still standing there. <laughs> Greg and Spork are just the most evil curmudgeon goblins you've ever met. And they're like, like I'd go in the woods after that. You'd have to pay me a lot more than that. <clears throat> I'll guard the house. Did you hear anything out there? Yeah. Yeah, my friends were screaming and being eaten, but I just kind of came back here. You are a testament to your profession. I mean, it's what I do, Probably. What did you hear besides the screaming? Crunching. <laughs> you hear this kind of sad jingle as he settles, kind of. That makes him sad. 
they're not good people. <laughs> they're the goblins Grack and Spork. You've met them before. <laughs> they tried to kill you. Yeah, Tobias hasn't well, met I them. I mean, who hasn't? Let's be honest. I don't know. I think very few people try to kill me. But either way, I'm not sure it's actually is a vampire this time round if there's crunching involved. So... Maybe it'll be an ogre. I mean, we can definitely go and investigate. Either way, I mean, whatever it is, we will handle it. We are the fire-breathing kittens. It might be handled poorly, but it will be handled. <laughs> this idea may be a bit out there, but what if we tied a rope to Tobias, who's not especially sneaky from the sounds of all the jingle jangling, walks out into the forest, just hangs out being bait, and then when... Like, when he sees any, like, big monsters, gives a tug on the rope, and we can pull him back. So we know where it is, and what it is, and hopefully, no one dies. How does that sound? I don't know, I have some opinions about splitting up the party. I mean, it's not splitting up, there's a rope. Tobias stands up and goes, where's the rope? Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure everyone's got at least 50 feet of hemp and rope, so we got... <laughs> looking at all the others as well. Mm, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 350 feet of rope between us. We'll just all tie it together. Just walk out and it'll be fine. Probably. You signed uh, the waivers, right? Um. I, okay, yeah, we can roll with this. I mean, I mean, Thank like. Thank you, fire breathing kittens, say the gnomes, and they provide as much rope as you need. Oh, these guys have got loads of rope. Weird. Yeah, it's in their gardening supplies section of their storage. They have a mansion. Yeah, when you're rich enough to have a house like that, you have all the rope you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, 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 I mean, if they want to move, they just, you know, get the rope tight around the house and just drag it. Pretty much. <laughs> That's how it works. I mean, plus you have to find some way to use your time. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, Aaron, you've met these two before. Whoops, my bad. This is Arndt and Ingracia Quennell. You met them in Times They Are a Changeling. They're the parents of Bruno Quennell, Oren's friend. They were at oh. the festival. All right, cool. Yep. Whoops, there you go. All right, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Keep going, keep going. Ah, So you're outside. You're tying a rope around Tobias, and you're telling him to walk into the woods. <laughs> yeah, pretty it's much. All, it's okay. We've all had to do stuff like this on, like, on our first, first adventure. Call it like a rite of passage. Well, I've, I've never f fought anything before. Oh, you'll be fine. Which might sound funny since I am armor, but I've never had to fight before. Well, hopefully you won't have to. It's basically just a, a reconnaissance mission. So you just wander into the forest, start making a load of noise, see what comes and attacks you. Then you, like, pull on the rope and Ooh. we'll, like... We'll pull you in, so all you have to do is go limp and we'll drag you back. I can make lots of different types of noises. What what types of noises should I make? Oh, um... Oh, Aaron, uh, you're, the, you're the musician. Do you want... Do you have any particular ideas about what sort of noise uh, he should make? Do you, do you know, like, any songs which would attract monsters? I think something really innocent. Uh, maybe the, the, the Snow White song. So he... This is an artificer thing. He can touch an object and have it emit a sound. So he touches like his shoulder plate and it starts to give off like some violin music. And it does this, this Snow White song. Player does not want to sing. 
I don't remember the Snow White song. Someday my prince will come. Oh, I remember that one. The old. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Snow White walking around singing in the woods. What wouldn't attack that? I'm imagining turning him into basically the one man band from Mary Poppins. Like, he just has, like, you know, some drum stuff and some cymbal stuff and, like, some harmonica stuff going on. And he's just going out there, just like a big clamoring mess of noise i mean that works too yeah he's like chim chimney chim chimney chim chim tree i hope that a monster will come attack me yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay hey guess what happens (laughs) i need a distance that you guys are from your bait because uh, I'm writing down battle stats. <laughs> and everybody, please roll initiative. <laughs> I'm going to say 100 feet. We don't want to be too far. Uh, okay. My initiative roll was 14. Well, mine is 9. Okay, 14, 13. 9, 13. Okay, so it's Tobias, Aaron, Beans. Do you have Titus and Burn and Grack and Spork with you? I'm sure we do. I, I'm sure they wouldn't miss the opportunity to see someone getting horribly eaten. Oh, absolutely. So Titus, Burn, Grack, and Spork will just go after you guys? Yeah, they're just sat in like deck okay. chairs eating popcorn. Go, this is going to oh. be great. Oh, yeah, they love this. They're like, look at that guy. He's chim- chimneying a monster to him. All right. Um, Tobias, I'd like you to make a perception check, please. Okay. 20. the trees above your head in the woods make no sound because you didn't perceive anything but unfurling above you the horrifying eight-foot wingspan of the curtain gently sails down from the tree limbs and engulfs and begins to consume its prey that's right, everybody. The curtains are back. The curtains generally use a surprise round to do an imitation of uh, an audience jeer. And uh, then their victims start throwing up. And then the curtain tries to engulf them. So, but hey, this time it's just going to try to eat you. So, please make a... Oh, yeah, what's your AC, by the way? Uh, AC is 18. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is really sad, but it misses you. <laughs> okay, so next you flops down on the ground like an oriental rug just picture a eight foot long like 13 feet wide oriental rug it flops down unceremoniously on the forest floor next to you whoa how do you react rug there's a rug in the forest why is there a rug in the forest start pulling on the rope (laughs) so we're like ah there's a there's a tug pull pull aaron pull we're both really weak i assume Pull, 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 pull. <laughs> okay, Tobias, you scoot 20 feet away from the curtain, slash rug. It's now your turn, because that was a surprise round. So a rug fell next to you. Your friends reacted, and now it's your turn. I'll place a flaming sphere right in front of it between me and it. And so that makes it roll a dex save with a 17 DC. It fails. The rug does not dodge out of the way. Uh, It takes 21 fire damage. That is one singed rug. Okay. Uh, Yep, that's my turn. Okay. 
Aaron, it's your turn. You're 100 feet away from an oriental rug that dropped down from the trees overhead next to Tobias. <laughs> and then he burned it a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. So Eldridge Blast has a range of 120 feet. So I'm going to use my movement to fly with my boots of flying uh, up to take partial cover behind a tree trunk. And I am roll going to use roll? a stealth roll. For your partial cover? Oh, You okay. get plus two to your AC, I think. Double check the cover rules when it's not your turn, but yeah. Oh, I rolled a natural 20 on that one. Okay. You succeed. You get whatever partial cover gives you, which I think is plus two. Don't quote me. Look it up when it's not your turn. I'll look it up. Um, but then I'm going to use a bonus action to cast Hex. It's a first level spell. How many feet did you move closer? Uh, 20 feet. Okay, you're 80 feet away from it. Can you cast mm-hmm. Hex 80 feet away? Uh, Hex is cast on myself. Nice. Okay, got it. And then Eldritch Blast has a range of 120 feet. Yeah. And Hex, um, I have the spell pulled up here. Oh, actually, it's not cast on myself. It's cast on the creature. Range of 90 feet. Sorry. All right. Until the spell ends, which is one hour, anyone will deal 1d6 necrotic damage to the target whenever you hit with an attack. Also choose an ability when you cast the spell. The target has disadvantage on ability checks made with it. I'm going to pick strength. It has dis- disadvantage. Noted. All right. And then I am, I am hexed, or it is hexed, and I am going to cast Eldritch Blast, which I believe that to hit is my um, spell attack bonus, which is 10. So I'm going to roll three blasts of that. And I'm going to get 18, 26, 18. How many of those uh, hit? I, I, I hate to pull you up on rules, uh, Aaron, but I'm assuming... Please do. Hex, if is hex uh, part of is that a bonus action or a regular action? Hex is a bonus action. Okay, I uh, verified and, that first. Okay, that's good because mm-hmm. um, as, as most of us know and probably ignore, um, you can in fact cast two spells on a turn if one of them is a bonus action and the other is a cantrip. Exactly, which Eldritch Blast certainly is. So those of you listening who think we did it wrong, there we go. We checked for you. <laughs> yeah. I figure anything that's one action takes up the full action and anything that's a bonus action takes up your bonus action. So as long as you've got that going on, right? Like you should be able to cast yeah, two spells uh, on a turn. Actually yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. Um, really? spells it depends if one's got a spell slot um like one doesn't then um then it's okay. But if two had a spell slot then you but then you can't even if one is a bonus. Mm. It's weird. Spells are weird. Yeah. And, it's strange. Oh man, I played yeah. a wizard last season. Hey guys, don't listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just reading about <laughs> this here recently. Yeah, so I did that's... a sorcerer hoping I could do that, and someone rule lawyered me, and then I was oh, sad. Man. Yeah, I did that wrong for a year. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. Hey, hey, it's D and D. If you if you can get away with it, and the DM is like, yeah, that's fine, then it's fine. Yeah. Regardless, then it's do all three fun. of those yeah. hit. Oh yes, and uh, those all hit. How much damage did it take? Uh, all right, so uh, I got a 10, an 8, and a 4, so that's 22, plus my necrotic damage. I add a, a d6 of necrotic to each one of those hits, so that was uh, 22 total there, plus, uh, plus 12, so 34 damage total. Whoa, okay, uh, you've never seen a rug bleed until today. Aaron, do a history check. Oh, oh. Uh... 22. You very much remember. How could you forget the day Satara died? I do remember that. It was very sad. 
Do you remember what ate her? It was this curtain. And I made it worse because I threw a, th- a thunder a thunderclap at, at it and it hurt them both. Yeah. So here you are fighting the creature that killed your friend. You've found sort of like hunting for bats and viruses. You've found the reservoir forest where they live. The last one was a trained pet, but now you have some wild. How does that make you feel, Aaron? <laughs> it makes me feel determined because this time I'm definitely not going to throw anything at it while someone's inside it. Aw, yeah. Okay. And that ends Aaron's turn. Beans, you're 100 feet away from the very bad, like, you've never seen a rug ooze until today. It's oozing. Oh, lovely. So is this the exact same one or just like the same, uh, same sort of beastie? Same beastie. The last one was a red theater curtain. Okay, so it's not the exact same one. I was just wondering if like her like magical equipment was still in there somewhere. Get oh. it out somehow. Riffin took it. Okay, never mind then. Okay, um, Beans is not going to attack this turn. Just um, run up because we've got a, a regular movement speed of 60 feet. Um so we're just going to run uh, 60 feet closer and use the hide action uh, to hide behind a tree to to get a better peek. So we're going to just sprint up in through the trees. It's all dark and mysterious and just press ourselves up against like the back of a tree and peek around and go, OK, what's going on here? I'm going to do a perception check from things you don't know about. And what's your stealth? Um, I pre-rolled that because I was expecting um i rolled a 15 and plus 15 so a 30 oh my gosh okay you you think you're hidden um <laughs> you probably are all right at the end of bean's turn is there anything else you're gonna do um uh mentally psych myself up like come on you can do this we've done this before well not this exact thing but we've punched things before this is gonna be fun let's just try not to oh wait is that a big ball of fire okay <laughs> that's new It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh. The six foot eight tall, huge man with the dark skin and white hair with a huge axe raised above his head charges screaming at the oriental rug and lowers the axe on it, slicing it in half. Blood sprays up around his head (laughs) And, and it makes a death cry. He calls out, yeah, killing monsters is fun. Burn, Burn's actually engaging in with one over to the right. We're going to keep the distances the same. So it's like in melee. And uh, it has dropped down from above and has wrapped itself around a goblin. And Burn is hacking and slashing at it, not caring that the goblin inside is taking damage. And going, yeah, just like killing gnomes. Yes. <laughs> Roll a perception check for the gnomes inside the house. <laughs> They're too far away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so they are having fun. Killing monsters is fun, just like killing gnomes is. And now, by the way, at the end of their turn, there are two curtains, another one on the ground, one engulfing Grack, (laughs) and and there's the dead one, too. Tobias, it's your turn. Your fireball, does it still stick around or not? Yeah, so it stays in place, um, and any enemies that start their turn next to it take or finish their turn next to it, take damage. But it, it sounds like the one that was there is the one that he killed. Very, very dead. Yeah. Uh, Titus chopped that one in half. And then, and then a new one appeared 
and then another one is wrapped around the goblin. Another one is wrapped around a goblin. Yeah, I fast forwarded through their turn. The one that the new one that appeared. Where is that one at? Same distance away from you, twenty feet, just not through a fireball. Okay, and then the one wrapped around the goblin is twenty feet the other direction. Or yeah, hand wave. They're all twenty feet from you. You are twenty feet from a curtain, which is, let's say, ten feet from the other curtain. Okay, Tobias is really concerned for that goblin. Um, the goblin is screaming inside the curtain or the the rug. This is this one's a rug. Um, they're all rugs today, friends. And the goblin is going, "You don't pay me enough to die like this," implying there's an amount that they could earn Can that I would be enough. Any kind of, I don't know, um, knowledge check to see if there's a way to hit the curtain and not the goblin? Sure. Roll your choice of skill, and I'll tell you the corresponding information. Okay, I'll do Arcana. Nah, I got a six. (laughs) There are no spells to detach uh, head glomps. Okay. Mm. Um, Maybe I'll try. Let me find this spell. Let me read it real quick. Sorry, my turn's taking so long. But... You know that magic, uh, magic spells aren't the only way to do things. You think if you just tugged on that, that you could pull it off of the goblin. A strong enough person, if tugging on the rug, could unroll it from around, like a cigarillo, could unroll it from its goblin prey. Okay. Um, I'm going to try casting catnap. And what this says is you make a calming gesture and up to three willing creatures of your choice you can see within range fall unconscious. So I'm going to choose um, the rug wrapped around the goblin, the lady attacking the rug wrapped around the goblin, because this only lasts until they take damage. So I don't want her hitting it. (laughs) You said willing? Oh, three willing. Oh, that's true. Never mind. The rug is not willing to sleep. It is not willing, yeah. It would like to eat goblin, please. No, that's not going to work. It loves three feet tall humanoids. That's its favorite food. All right, I'll try just yanking it off if I can. (laughs) Just run up and strength check. Tobias runs towards the goblin and makes a strength check of? Uh, eight. Eight. Okay. Um, go ahead and roll with advantage because that's a way for me to mechanically carry over the action that Aaron took earlier where he was trying to give strength disadvantage for the enemies. Oh, okay. Oh, this is a 16. All right. You pull off and unfurl the rug from its prey, like unrolling a carpet. Uh, oh, okay. Please don't attack the goblin, lady. Grack looks not good. He's not responding, and he's laying there, unmoving. Is that the end of your turn? Um, It was, by the way, one action to do the strength check, and one movement to get zero feet away. So you're now in melee distance. I'm going to healing word the goblin with a bonus action, and I'll say, I believe in you! Aww, it doesn't die. You saved Greg's life. Of course. Wow. The goblin wakes up and flips Tobias off. He's just not certain what's going on. It's okay. You'll be okay, buddy. Next up, Aaron, it's your turn. You are 80 feet away from the curtain that was just unfurled from Grack, the angry goblin, and a curtain that's laying on the ground, having unsuccessfully tried to eat Spork, the other goblin. All right. I am going to move 30 feet closer. Again, I am still up in the air. 
um, outside of melee distance. And now there are, there are still two curtains on the ground, right? Yes. All right. And one of them is near Tobias, correct? Within five feet of him. Okay. I am going to cast to cast Vicious Mockery on it. And this is not the one that was hexed, right? That one is dead? Yeah, that one's dead. Okay. And I am going to tell it that it looks like an overgrown bath mat. And, <laughs> and that it's very dingy. And <laughs> it... I roll a 25 to hit, and it has to do a wisdom saving throw against that. Actually, I don't think you have to hit. If the target can hear you, though it need not understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take psychic damage. Yes. So you you don't roll it to hit. Okay, it failed its wisdom saving throw because I imagine you have more than six. Yes. Uh, <laughs> save DC. Okay. It takes five damage, and it has disadvantage on its next attack roll. Got it. And that will end my turn. Okay. You look like a bath mat. All right. Beans, it's your turn. You're 40 feet away. There are two rugs on the ground. Okay, two of them. Mm-hmm. So, I, okay, let's try and go for both. Well, there's, because... a, there's a dead one, too. There's oh. three total. Okay, well, well, we can ignore the dead one, I think. Yeah. Okay, so if we're 40 feet away from both of them, because I've just been having a look, and this is going to get difficult. Oh, you're because... 40 feet away from the two, which are 10 feet apart. Okay, yeah. All right, so we'll run up to one of them. Doesn't really matter which one. Actually, the one that looks in the best shape, let's say. Okay. Um, so we can punch, 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 um, because monk-wise we can attack twice with an action, and then we can use a... I don't tend to use key points without, uh, without having to do magic. Uh, okay, we can do an extra one key point to do a flurry of blows to make effectively... Four attacks. So uh, the lowest roll on that, that four was an 18. So we got an, uh, 18, 21, 23, and 25. They all hit. They all hit. Okay. This is where it gets tricky because. <laughs> so we have the regular D8 plus six for each of them. However, we also have um, 1D6 from. One of them, which has a hex on uh, necrotic damage. That one's dead. That one's dead. Okay, we don't have to worry about that. That makes things a lot easier. Okay, so straight up. 48. Good, good, good. Yes, I used that when I thought we were facing one strong enemy. Otherwise, I would have used other spells. I made sure that the necrotic damage and the strength disadvantage happened. So we got both of those effects. Yeah. Yeah, I just wouldn't have used that if I'd known there were three. Such is life. Ambush predators don't usually hunt in packs. That was a good assumption. But this is a a breeding colony. <laughs> a wild rug appeared. A wild rug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, uh, bringing in the fact that I had... Um, I would have been able to do some uh, sneak attack damage because I do have one whole level in, <laughs> in rogue. Uh, that's an extra D6 just on one of the hits. Uh, that's a total of 50 damage. Oh my goodness. Okay, wow. Uh, Describe what happens, and it's severe. It's not dead, but it's... Okay. Um, So if you just imagine, like, out of a horror movie, so this rug is just like, look at me, I'm so scary, and then just out of the darkness, you just see two 
uh, two green eyes just open, like shining their own light. Um, and then almost <laughs> it just um, like quickly sneaks up, like straight up to like over its shoulder. He's like, hello. And it turn, <laughs> turns around and they go, boof, 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 boof. And then we disappear again because we still got 20 feet of movement left. And I have a feat where hitting stuff, if I hit stuff, then I don't um, incur any uh, opportunity attacks. So we go punch, 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 and then disappear back into the night. 20 Before feet away. Before it can react, it's like beating a rug out. A whole bunch of dust flies off and it coughs. You've never heard a rug cough before. <laughs> and blood comes out with its cough. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah, wow. Alright, and then it is Titus and Burns and Grax and Spork's turn. Grack is angry and confused. Uh, if you've ever played with Psyduck and Pokemon, Grack is kind of like the low-level intelligence person. Who, he, he, he's confused. He hurts itself in his confusion. <laughs> so oh, no. he does not manage to attack the curtain. Um, in his rage, he attacks Spork. And Spork is busy just trying to get Grack off of him. Be like, no, you idiot! <laughs> Save it for the gnomes later. Look, I'm your buddy. I'm going to get you rich. Okay, stop. Calm down. Calm down. Remember the plan. Titus and Burn go after a curtain. And remember the one that uh, only had a little bit of life left that Beans just punched the life out of? Titus holds it uh, in front of himself like he's going to rip it in half. And he pulls and he pulls and the curtain lets out a shriek, which I'm going to tell you the mechanical... Uh, consequence of in a second but as he rips it in half it shrieks and dies so now the shriek each creature within 60 feet of the curtain which is Aaron you're 50 feet away Beans you're 20 feet away and Tobias you are within 10 feet of the other curtain that can hear its shriek and normally imitates an audience jeering at you to give you stage fright that's what it trains its vocal muscles for but now it's just letting out a death cry and if you're not an aberration, which I assume none of you are, you must make a constitution saving throw or become nauseous with your your stage fright and panic and fear. I think it's only fair. I'm going to like <laughs> I'm going to hamstring myself a bit because Beans like historically has had a massive stage fright. So I'm going to give myself disadvantage for the role play. OK, that makes sense. Yeah, it reminds you of being under the spotlight. That's what the shriek reminds you of. Boo! You suck! Tomatoes are coming at you. You did yep, there we go. Get off there, the stage. There, there's my four. There it is. Oh. Hey, my dice love comedy. What can I say? What happens? I got an 18. I got a 10. Aaron passes. He's a bard. Of course he passes. You perform all the time. If the audience doesn't love you, that just means that they're paying attention to you in a different way. Now, Tobias and Beans, you both roll a d4 and add a 1 to it and announce your number. Uh-oh. Five. I'm assuming this is going to be bad. Five. <laughs> Nauseous creatures are unable to attack, cast spells, concentrate on spells, or do anything else requiring attention. The only action such a creature can take is a single move action per turn. You can make a saving throw each turn, and if you pass, you are immune to the curtain's jeer for the next 24 hours. So you feel nauseous from the stage fright, and uh, yeah, you can't attack, cast spells, concentrate on spells, or do anything else requiring attention. You can just try to buck up and overcome your stage fright. 
And and the roll was for the number of turns? You roll each turn at the start of your turn, and if you pass, you have overcome your stage fright. Okay. But if you fail, you are in your own head too much and can't perform. Oof. All right, that was Titus and Burn. Uh, Burn's also going to fireball the surviving one, and it loses some health. So <laughs> one curtain got slashed in half by, half by Titus. One curtain got ripped in half by Titus. And now it is the curtain's turn. The curtain is going to bite Burn, and it engulfs her head. The burn scar on her face is not visible because there is a rug wrapped around it. Um, she, she tumbles over to the ground and it envelops the rest of her body. Tobias, it's your turn. You're ten feet away from the horizontal form of Burn. Rip it off, rip it off! So he he heard the gnome say that thing about the gnome, or he heard the goblin say the thing about save it for the gnomes later and his little eye emotes turned to slits at that. Um, but he's sick right now, so he's going to make which kind of save? Was it con? Yes. Okay. He's going to try for that. 16? You pass. You vomit once, and then you're good. Okay. <laughs> you got out of your system. <laughs> and that's and this you turn? Can take a normal, you can take a normal turn this turn, because I don't care. Go okay. ahead. You can do normal stuff. Um, so we have the lady. Her head is enveloped. And her head was enveloped. She toppled to the ground, and like a boa, it wrapped around the rest of her body. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's going to try to rip it off her, even if he doesn't like her. He doesn't like seeing her getting attacked. Uh, that's a four. You tug on it, and that ends your turn. Aaron, you're up. When you rolled for it to attack her, just just questioning, um, did you roll with disadvantage? Yes. Okay, okay. I have it written down. It had 55 health and disadvantage, and now it's down to 30 health. I don't know if it still has disadvantage or not. I've gotten it up. It, I'm, I've marked it that it still does. Does it still have disadvantage? I believe it's only on, on one attack. Okay, cross that out too. There we go. Okay. Um, well, I'm certainly... Well, how much health does she have? She looked like a, a fiery short lady with a history of having been injured by fire and claiming control over it. She looked uh, vigorous. She sounds strong. I'm thinking she can probably take a hit. But... You remember that Beans jumped on her face, or was that Titus, and threw a book at him and took him out in, like, a round? Oh. All you right. guys well, are much stronger uh, than them. I probably shouldn't fire an Eldritch Blast at, at this thing, then. It's almost like the whole point of this battle is for you to think about how when you did that last time, Satara died. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's see. Maybe instead... <laughs> Realizing that he cannot keep killing his co-fighters Aaron instead chooses to uh-huh <laughs> you're 50 feet away from it yep I'm just pulling up this spell okay I I think I'm gonna do uh I'm 50 feet away okay so I need to go 20 feet closer so now I'm 30 feet away and I am going to cast Otto's Irresistible Dance. I'm just going to up in the air to start dancing, doing my little boogie. And one creature that I can see within range, the target begins a comedic dance in place, shuffling, tapping its feet, and capering for the duration. Creatures that can't be charmed are immune to this spell. Can this creature be charmed? I don't see why not. Okay. There is now the reason this is a sixth level spell is because there is no role for this. It is inescapable. Um, 
The dancing creature must use all of its movement to dance without leaving its space, and it has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws and attack rolls. While the target is affected by this spell, other creatures have advantage on attack rolls against it. As an action, a dancing creature makes a wisdom saving throw to regain control of itself. On successful save, the spell ends. So for now, this thing can't really attack anybody. It has to use all of its movement to to just dance. It unfurls itself around Burn, who takes a deep breath of air because you can't breathe inside of a rug and starts dancing kind of like if you guys have ever seen the movie the aladdin where there's a magic carpet that's <laughs> moving on its own <laughs> this carpet is dancing and burn is able to breathe this is the michael jackson thriller attack <laughs> that's a great turn aaron you saved burn huh it's weird titus saved Grack, and aaron saved burn you guys are really nice to evil people we try at the end of your turn, the rug is dancing, and Beans is 20 feet away, hidden in the shadows. What do you do, Beans? Well, first of all, I think I need to do a, a constitution saving throw to see how the, the old throwing up goes. <laughs> so, oh, 18. You remember that time that you were at Guildfest, and you went on the stage, and you're like, was it really that bad? I ran away then. Well, there, there was a time like right at the end where we we ended up actually talk, like saying stuff on stage and not really noticing. So it, <laughs> uh, Beans runs away, like starts feeling like bad, and was like, "Hang on, I got over that, didn't I?" Because as we know, you scatterbrained did. means scatterbrained. We're like, "Oh yeah, I did that." <laughs> it's always faster to learn the lesson the second time. <laughs> yeah. However, I do want to. Um, Okay, so we all right. So we're twenty feet away from that same one. We may as well run back and finish it off and go. Hang on, I've got got some revenge. It is the last curtain remaining. Okay, so we're gonna run back those extra twenty feet and only punch it twice for reasons that will become apparent. So that is a um, a twenty and a twenty-four to hit. Those both hit. Okay, wonderful. So that is uh, 24 damage. It's down to 6 health. And you have advantage when you hit against it, by the way. So if you oh, didn't okay. roll those dice twice, you might get a critical. I don't know. Let's have a look. But if I get advantage, then I do also... Will uh, I get sneak attack in that as well? Yes. Sneak attack is when you have advantage against the... When you're granted advantage against the enemy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's see. Do I roll a 6 on this? Uh. No, I rolled a four. It has two so, health. So it's down to two health. Um, <laughs> however, we're not going to stay. <laughs> we're not going to stay. Actually, no, I don't want to. I don't want to start throwing up again. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna um, run away during that time. I think uh, back to um, back to back to safety. I think. Um, however, I do have a little uh, teleporting ability. Assuming I can find that <laughs> somewhere in my list. Uh, yes, shadow step. Um, when I'm in dim light or darkness and under tree canopies, I would probably count that as dim light. As a bonus action, I can teleport up to 60 feet to an unoccupied space. You can see that is also in dim light or darkness. So I can basically just use my bonus action to teleport 60 feet away and then um, maybe maybe use another like five feet um, of my movement just to get out of range of any nasty screaming that may or may not occur in the next turn. You are out of range. Does that end your turn? Uh, yes, I think so. 
aside from some like internal like yeah we did it we got over it oh wait we already did that no okay oh we're good oh i got pine pine needles in my feet (laughs) distracted immediately yep all right um so far you've learned to read and you've gotten over stage right you've come a long way and you've become a lawyer and a notary yeah detective i guess freelance (laughs) burn gasps grateful for air and takes out a dagger she's laying on the ground horizontal next to the creature that just tried to suffocate and eat her she rolls over two feet raises the dagger in the air and plunges it into the now dead death shrieking curtain um you all briefly become nauseous for a turn vomit and are done and that ends the battle she stabbed it to death it only had two health and a dagger does like a d4 so yeah yep that ends the battle. You are now in free actions. You don't have to follow initiative order. Burn is looking really rough. Uh, Grack and Spork are just now coming out of it. And Titus looks like he wants to punch more things. What do you do? Aaron flies over to Titus and goes, Whoa, whoa, calm down. We're done. It's okay. I love fighting. I know. I know you do, honey. He caresses his cheek with his thumb. You'll be fine. We'll fight more things later. Yeah, I will. Burn goes, shut up, Titus! Um, so, did we just kill the monsters in the woods? Was that... I feel like we just made 100k. Um, maybe let's go talk to the gnomes. Guys? Beans appears from nowhere and stuffles everyone. Go, hello! Sorry, what's what's going on? Are we, are we all good? Is anyone bleeding? I mean, I can't help with that. I just like to know. No, I'm not. How are you guys doing? Just talking to everyone else. Yeah, how are the evil NPCs looking? <laughs> they look injured. <laughs> Not Grack to judge or died. anything, but we just call them the Burn. evil NPCs. Right. <laughs> Burn almost died. Grack almost died. Titus um, is feeling no pain. He's not sure if he's injured or not. He'll find out tomorrow. Well, should we head back and get you patched up? Sure, says Titus. Burn holds her head and puts her dagger back. All right, y'all head back to the mansion. Cool. You're greeted by the Quennels, Arndt and Ingratia. Did you defeat the monsters? Yeah, we did. On the way back, he, he's um, Tobias used message to whisper to, to Beans and to Aaron. I don't believe in them. They're nasty. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, as a group, we call them the evil NPCs. I'm not sure what NPC means, but <laughs> it's got to be pretty bad. If but they're evil when, ones of them. When should we tell them no? Well, maybe we should, like, just take them aside. Um, so maybe Aaron can, like, distract the evil ones. And then we can take the gnomes into the other room and go, Oh, yeah, they're probably going to kill you and just take the money. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So let's roleplay this. Beans has taken aside Arndt and Ingrassi. Uh, maybe like one of them is aren't is getting the money and counting it out because there were seven of you. You're going to get 14,285 gold each. And Ingracia is taken aside by beans and he whispers, oh, hey, they're probably going to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) She says, oh, goodness, really? What cause do you have to say such things? Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure they were talking about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. When we were like attacking... When we were fighting the monsters, they were like, oh, do, hey, don't worry about that, that lot. You know, save it for the gnomes later. 
I yeah, think. Tobias does like a voice replication of like, save it for the gnomes later. Calm down, calm down. Remember oh, the plan. You, you, you just press like a button on your like chest plate. And he goes, his like eyes go from blue to green and he just goes, save it for the gnomes later. Calm down. Aww. Aww. Like, replicate voice. Don't worry, don't worry about them. Save it for the gnomes later. <laughs> yeah, just like killing gnomes. Yes. She gasps. Oh, no. What? Oh, why would they do that? I mean, they're the evil NBCs. Like, I'd I guess, I guess for funsies. Or probably just to take the money. Like, you know, they know you're loaded. So they might want the house or their money. Or I don't know. You know, why do evil people do what they do? For fun, probably. Oh, well, I'll fire them. It would be better to go without guards than to go with guards that want to kill you. I'll just fire them and get rid of all of my guards. Or maybe you could pay taxes. Taxes? Um. Does not compute. I did this thing where I just paid five gold in taxes just today. Tax for what? What kind of tax? Monstercade for all tax. <laughs> what? I have the freedom to choose my own insurance. You can't force me to pay for other people's monster care. Make a skill check to try to persuade her. Uh, hey, we, we, hey, we've all taken part in this argument one way or another. No, no, like charisma <laughs> check is going to pass this. It's not going to work. Just do an intimidate. Just intimidate them and just get them to do it that way. They'll thank you later. <laughs> Tobias is no orator. He rolled a six. The DC was five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so intimidation, persuasion, and deception DC of five on this. Just to let you guys know, you pass. <laughs> she goes, so if I pay five gold, you're saying that's enough to hire guards that patrol and they won't be... They'll be, like, vetted, and they won't be, like, evil. Hmm. You're making a lot of sense, Tobias. da 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 yes. da 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 You guys pass. Welcome Yay. to Nick I feel, like, I feel like Willy Wonka at the end of the movie when Charlie passes, and he's like, there's one good <laughs> child. <laughs> ah, okay, anyway. Um, so, um, feeling very happy, I then read the next part. So you have... You have a gold bag handed to you that has enough for the three of you to get 14,285 gold. And it is handed to you in a heavy leather bag that clinks mysteriously. Like, different from how I clink? Yes. And if you'd like to do a perception check right now. Okay. <laughs> Six. <laughs> it clinks just like you. The same. He just likes the sound of it. Clink, 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 clink. <laughs> um, everyone else, there's one bag. Do you take your gold out of it? You have 14,285 gold coming, if you do. Am I back with the group at this point, or am I still distracting the evil NPCs? Oh, yeah, yeah. That conversation happened. You came back out, aren't handed you one bag. And to take your share out of it, you're going to have to open it and do a perception check. I'm definitely going to open it. Perception check. And beans, I assume you also receive gold. Uh, yeah. We, don't, I mean, we don't really know what to do with it, but I'm, I'm sure someone else will tell. Tell me what to buy. Then do a perception check. 
I got a 19 for my perception. <laughs> I rolled a one. Um. Aaron, you are officially the only one who notices this. <laughs> Aaron opens the bag to take his share out. The bag opens and all that glitters is, well, actually is gold. The shiny yellow metal sparkles in the light. But what's that? That one seems a bit different. The stamped relief has a different symbol than the other coins. Four stars. Do your choice, Aaron, of knowledge gaining skill check. Okay. Um... Keeping in mind that the type of information I tell you will be related to the skill check that you perform. Hmm. I guess history? Mm-hmm. Uh, 24. Wow, you pass. Only Aaron knows that this is a ancient historical artifact. There are uh, seven or nine, uh, we can figure that out later, of these coins in the world. When the world was formed, a great dragon was formed with it, or formed it, we're not sure, and a, a fish may have been involved, and... <laughs> Definitely. This is great mythology. <laughs> if you collect all of these coins in one place, it summons the world dragon who has now become the world fish as of this episode. I'm sorry, it's happening, people. It's the world fish. I mean, it can be a world sea dragon, which is just a big fish, <gasps> if you think about it. Yes. Plus, if it's a fish, I can talk to it. Yes, you can talk to it. And when you talk to it, it grants one wish. Anything you want in the entire world, it can do. And it can do that for you if you collect all of these coins. There's either seven or nine of them. We haven't figured that out yet. And this legend is known by many peoples around the world because after the sea dragon grants your wish, the coins scatter to the four corners of the map, which is a globe. The coins fly across the sky and disappear in the distance. You know that if you were to sell this coin, you could get way, way more than 14,285 gold for it. It's worth millions. They've accidentally handed you, Aaron, a coin worth millions. What do you do? I pocket it. <laughs> I mean, there's only right. one answer there, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How many millions is this thing worth? You'd have to find a buyer in-game, and uh, heads up, I'm proposing that there be one of these coins in each of our adventures up until the season finale, so that everyone can decide to collect them or not, whatever. But if you want to end the season with a wish, it'd be kind of fun. Anyway... You can reject that idea if you'd like, and I can do it next season. I don't... It's all good. Whatever. Whatever people want to do. Well, I'm, I'm just going to write down World Dragon in case it comes up during the finale. <laughs> <laughs> and there might be a wish spell in the finale, so that's something to work towards or sell whatever you want to do. Uh, but for the player, you can sell it for 300,000 gold if you want. But, I mean, that would be quite a waste. All right, continuing... What do you guys do? I don't know. I don't know. It, it, would, it would make uh, figuring out that episode a lot easier if we did sell it <laughs> to, to really metagame oh, I've it. already got ideas of throwing it into my DM adventure coming up. <laughs> yeah, we can save them. So we have one Quennels determined to fire their guards and organize a, a neighborhood monstercade for all. We have one group of guards that's received 14,000 gold and is about to go on their way. Uh, with force, <laughs> ensuring that they do that peacefully. And we have some murdered rugs. What do you guys do? Yeah. Um, could we... Skin them. Could we, could we take these guys in for uh, conspiracy to murder? 
<laughs> there's also right down the road, there's another round of this that we could go and save them as well. Yeah, that's true. There was someone else that had the same quest. Oh, how about we we take some of the rugs in case it was the same group that um, were messing up their day. Then we can be like, oh, we did it already. Let's shortcut it and get get the gold. Yeah, are you suggesting that we just carry the corpses of those rugs over to this other house, turn them yeah. in, collect 33,000 gold each and walk away? Yep, pretty much. Nefarious. I love it. I mean, uh, assuming it was like, uh, the, you know, the same group that we're doing, it, if it's a different hmm. like load of monsters, <laughs> then we can take care of that. But just in case uh, it was the same rugs, <laughs> then yeah, why not? I mean, if we turn up and they're like, oh, yeah, a load of rugs attacked us. And we're like, well, don't worry, we took care of it. And they're like, OK, where's the proof? We have to traipse all the way back here. No, thank you. Let's just drag a load of bloody rugs through the streets. I have a bag of holding. Oh, no, no, we no, we need to make a show of this. All right. Okay. And let's face it, it'd mess up the inside of the bag. It's, you don't want that full of blood. All right, Monk, I'm going to let you do the dragging. I mean, I can do one, maybe, with the little one. But what about these four murderers? I don't want to leave them here. Oh, that's a good point. Um, oh. You succeeded on your skill check, so the Quennels are officially going to have other guards come and escort them away and, like start a whole guard training program going on with the tax money that they're going to ask their neighbors to donate to. Like if you want to be part of our collective insurance, you can't, you succeeded. That was okay. uh, heads up. That was the point of the adventure. Okay. So we can just <laughs> hand waves that we waited till some other guards showed up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Other okay. guards showed up and escorted them out. I mean, fe- feasibly they could pay the tax for the entire city quite easily. <laughs> They could. I love this team so much. You guys are awesome. I love everybody, though. Uh, audience listeners and other podcast listeners. I love you all because you're all amusing. It is so funny. Um, so that's the point. Okay. Is the point is the diversity of of. It's all good. It's fun. Yeah. I I just love that it's a flat tax for each person. Like all the rich people are going to be like, of course we'll pay this. <laughs> it doesn't scale to our income. Oh my god, yes. Dude, in the previous adventure, that did not happen. Okay, anyway, so this is game two. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, so you guys are carrying rug corpses. Sure, yeah, I'll help with that. You know, this is probably the best monster in D&D to skin, because then you end up with... Okay. Yeah, yeah, you you don't have to tan any hides into a rug. It's already (laughs) a rug. It depends on whether modern evolution of the rug is in style at the moment. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh alright you arrive at 6931 Pindar Road rugs in hand uh, ju- just just a thought could Tobias um, like because like you're an artificer could you enchant them to like be flying carpets but they're just very bloody and they drip blood on anyone they fly over <laughs> no, no that's outside my power thing unless yes. I used my um, my yes, little minor infusion thing yeah, I use that for the day. You arrive at 6931 Pindar Road. 1, 2, 3, 5, 10, 20, 30, 37. You count 37 windows visible in the front of this two-and-a-half-story sprawling gray mansion. Five chimneys rise from the sloping gray roof. One apparently got smashed by a giant fist, Bricks scattered down the roof and into a pile on the lawn. 
A line of hedges grows as a border between the stone home and the grass lawn, some smushed flat as if stepped on by King Kong. Even from this distance, you're you're on the, the unpaved road approaching the driveway, but you're not there yet. You can see that the house has been a little King Konged. Something tells me their issue isn't um, carpets. Well, I mean, we don't know that for sure, but probably. Well, we brought a housewarming gift. We did, like, you know, if, if they're running low on carpet space, then we can give them some carpets. Um, very or, true. Oh, I mean, you could make a tent out of these if you really wanted. Or at the very least, a bivouac. You could patch the ceiling temporarily with these rugs. Yeah. Or we could just persuade them to pay the tax. That seems to be the shortcut in all this. Oh, it seems like you've got a load of damage here. You know what would uh, prevent all that? <laughs> Paying five gold for this, like, communal safety net around your house. <laughs> okay, don't rub it in. The group last week did not get it. <laughs> yes, you guys are. All right, so <clears throat> you approach the driveway. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> drag, drag, drag. <laughs> drip, drip, drip. <laughs> and hello, do you want to buy some cookies? Calls a young child's voice from a folding table turned stand. Before you can even start to head down the driveway, behind a cute little flowering tree, a sea scout stand next to the main road is peddling cookies at you. Everybody do a history check. Ooh, nat 20. Non-natural 20. 14. Sorry to mess up the, mess up the, the pattern. Beans, you don't know who this is. Tobias and Aaron, you know who it is, and all your players know that this is Susie the Half-Elf. Ember the Fire Genasi and Oat the Furbolg, and they're all five to seven year old orphans. They're Sea Scouts and they sell cookies. This is from the adventure Sea Scouts and Theater Bouts. Susie the Half Elf, Ember the Fire Genasi, and Oat the Furbolg. Oat doesn't talk much, she's shy, but Ember and Susie talk a lot. Hello. Drop the curtain to wave high for the rug. <laughs> it lands with a splat. Yeah. Long trail of blood behind us. Hi, do you want to buy some cookies? Oh, sure. What kind of cookies do you have? I'm sure there must be like a, a full list and maybe a song that goes along with it. Right? They're sure to have like some sort of sea song. Of course they have song. a song. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what that sounds yeah. like. <laughs> I want to hear the sea, scout sc- the, the sea Scout song. Oh, no. I'm sure it's been all, all, you know, written and prepared beforehand. For the, the, the <laughs> this inevitable. is what I get for not having their cookies written down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what song? What's the melody, Aaron? Do, 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 okay. <laughs> Dragon thins, elven logs and ghost banes. Sea scouts will sell you some sea snaps. <laughs> Gosh, you guys did that to yourselves. <laughs> You are not a bard. It's okay. No. No, I'm not. This is not bombarded. <laughs> How much are the sea snaps? I mean, that's certainly different to the one I've heard. I'm, I'm, sure, the, uh, I'm, I'm sure the one I heard was more of a freestyle rap, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel like we're getting, like, yeah. the off-brand sea scouts. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just a different, like, denomination of sea scout. Yeah. Ember looks like she's going to cry. <laughs> These ones are spelled S-E-E. Yeah, hey. it's like sea Ember- scouts, yeah. 
Amber's whole face turns red. You've made the fire Genasi blush, and she looks like she's going to cry, and she's like six years old. Tobias puts one of the cookies inside his helmet, like he takes the faceplate and creak, puts the cookie inside and creak, and then you see his eyes turn like red, and like they're scanning the cookie. That was delicious. How many boxes would you like to buy? How many do you have? 200 boxes. Okay, I will buy 200 boxes. All right, that'll be 200 gold. Wow, this is going to help us raise a lot of money. Can you deliver them to the fire-breathing kittens hall? Sure. Boltzmann made us a carriage so we can take them there. That sounds like Boltzmann. I'll go get them from the mansion in Miss Somerset. And then we'll donate these to charity so that people who get attacked by monsters can have some gold. Do you know about the monster that attacked this place? Yeah. That's why we're raising money for people who get attacked by monsters, because we wanted to help out. Oh, that's nice. It was really scary when it attacked. What was it? It was so big. I just saw a shadow and they all had me. They like told me, get in the safe room. Yeah, but now Miss Somerset says, don't worry. The guards got the monster. It's all safe here now. So we're selling cookies to raise money for people who've been hurt by monsters. Oh, okay, good. It sounds like maybe we should talk to Miss Somerset. Do you want to introduce us? Okay. Fire-breathing kittens are friends, not strangers. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right, and you guys uh, head towards the house. Aaron links arms with them and skips along to the song. <laughs> Come on, Vamados. Everybody, let's go. Aww. So I'm going to say bond level, Tobias, maximum bond, Aaron, middle bond, and Beans, minimum bond with the orphans. Okay. This is important yeah, for later. It's all right. I, I was doing some maths. <laughs> oh, on. Oh no! I was because uh, I I had a thought early because I've got the like the the teleport combaty thing. Oh well, you'll get a chance to use that later. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you know approach how the house. Do maths. And you knock on the door. There's a white-haired woman. A oh um. Do you all have a pen? You might want to write this down. There's a group of people. A group of people in this house. There's a white-haired human woman. A half-orc man with beautiful long straight black hair. A male Goliath, but with sandy-colored skin, as opposed to Rocky, and a war-forged sentient robot in a wheelchair. So, just to repeat that, there's a white-haired human woman, a half-orc man with beautiful, long, straight black hair, a male Goliath, but with sandy-colored skin, as opposed to Rocky, and a war-forged sentient robot in a wheelchair. And everybody, do a history check on who the guards are in this front parlor. Woo! Seven. Fifteen. Eleven. Aaron knows, and then the players of the other two people know, but your characters, Tobias and Beans, do not. Crystal LeBlanc is the white-haired human woman. She has a sister, Punnett, who likes to let people die in unfortunate theater accidents, including Crystal's fiancé. She met Aaron, and Aaron wished for her to meet her next big love in Love Fest, which is very nice of Aaron. Aaron, you know that. The man with long black hair is Ayaz Okazaki. He met Beans and Dr. Crow III in But Tell Us About the Giant Worm. He works for Lily Reed when there's work to help people get secret identities and new lives, no questions asked. Uh, the male Goliath is Doobie Calamario. In the summer, he runs a fried squid shack on Skeleton Beach, and he met Aaron in Thirsty Beach. And then the wheelchair-bound sentient robot. Uh-oh. This Aaron is coming to your mind. He has incredibly strong arms and a test your strength chest tattoo. He used to work 
doing the test your strength on Skeleton Beach, but someone, <laughs> Olive, mysteriously paid for his freedom because, oh, what was that that happened? Oh, yeah, you brutally injured him. Okay, so if Aaron is present, read the following. The Warforged sentient robot in the wheelchair looks at you, Aaron, and stops moving. He had been, like, wheeling around on the, on the floor of the parlor. His metallic face has subdued emotional expression, but his strong arms grip the wheels tightly and rapidly without saying anything to you. He wheels around upon seeing your blue body with, mem with its memorable scarf outfit, rotates the wheelchair around, and flees back into the depths of the manor house. Oh, oh, um, oh, sorry. Hey, Doobie, Crystal, how, how, how have things been? Erin! Hi! Doobie does not remember you. He just sold you a squid. But you actually helped Crystal. Um, you, I think, tied her up and then let her go. <laughs> Sounds like me, yeah. Hi, I did not expect to see you again. What are you doing here? Well, we heard there was a big monster attack, so we came to help out. What about, what about you? Yeah, Somerset Sunset hired us as guards here. Hmm, how do you like your job? It's been pretty chill, except that there was a crazy day this morning. Okay, what happened? She looks fondly at the half-orc man with the long black hair and says, Ayaz was totally B.A. He sealed the monster like it was nothing. Can you believe it? And Ayaz points to a plate that's on a stand in the hallway. Uh, like, over there. It's not very close to you guys. It's being lit up by a light. It looks kind of like a ceramic plate, except that it's got the image of a monster on the front of it. And it's kind of far away, so you can't see the details. Okay, that's pretty impressive. Ayaz Okazaki responds, All in a day's work. Oh, beans! It's been a while since I've seen you. Um, how you doing? Do you want to come in for some tea? Awkward. Um, <laughs> sorry, I've, I've, I've got like a terrible memory for names and also faces and anyone. Um, remind me? <laughs> Do an insight check. <laughs> Let's look around the room and see who's here. Well, I rolled a five, so uh, 12. <laughs> okay. Right, well, 12's not that bad. It's a DC 10. So you look around the room. There's the guards. Uh, Ayaz is looking kind of offended that you don't remember him, but you just don't remember him. You, I th think you met him in a warehouse during an action scene. It was... It was, it, it was a long time ago. And let's face yeah. it, Beans does not remember anyone, really. <laughs> yeah, so you don't remember that he helps... Wit pro people um, yeah. with Lily Reed. Uh, but that's the origin of that was. But tell us about the giant worm. He's got a caterpillar tattoo on him. And uh, you thought it was a worm. You glance at the orphans. Susie is looking just happy. She sold all her cookies. She's so excited. Oat is quietly arranging money. She's being trained by Boltzmann to do accounting work. And Ember looks pale as a ghost. This is a fire genasi. Her face was flame red earlier, and now it's icy flame ice blue, you know, like a light blue color. And she is looking at the plate at the end of the hallway like she's afraid of it. And uh, they have invited you for tea if you'd like to go into that room. I was <laughs> just like, oh, kitties, they never remember anybody. Do you, is, I said, oh, what was it? Dogs are better. Do you work at the zoo? You work at the zoo looking after the worms. Is that it? <laughs> he rolls his eyes, expresses that he's a dog person, and heads into the tea room to prepare you some tea because he's polite. <laughs> hey, Beans, I bet the tea comes with cream. 
Oh, yes, please. Uh, <laughs> run in. Hang on. What is, um, I, I, I use the dash action and also uh, my <laughs> uh, bonus action to cl- click together my boots of speed. So I have a movement speed of 240 feet. And like a whirlwind, <laughs> I sprint into the, the next room. Amber, your temperature has changed a lot. What is there something wrong with that disc over there? She's squirming, doing a little dance. Something's obviously eating this firecracker up inside. But she doesn't say anything. And then she runs into a different room, not the tea room. You could chase the orphan, or you could go into the tea room. Or you could do whatever you want. What do you guys do? She's not my problem. Tea time. Yep, I'll go in the room where she went. Ember's gone. You loser. Okay. She's a small child. (laughs) In a mansion. (laughs) Okay, I turn around and go into the tea room. It's good that you pursued her. You have been noted as most bonded with Amber. Yep. No particular reason for that. Most empathetic is Tobias. Got it. All three of you are in the tea room. There's a fire genasi woman there. You recognize her as Somerset Sunset. She's super wealthy and bought the Purple Boot Theater on a whim. You're all sipping tea. Beans is is just a cup of milk. (laughs) But loving it. But loving it. And you're chatting about the monster earlier today. Naturally inquisitive, I'm sure. Of course. Of course, of course. And Somerset says, Ayaz took care of it. Great job, Ayaz. You have been so helpful. I want to roll an insight check on Ayaz. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oof, I rolled a six. What's my bonus? Uh, okay, yeah, I only got a seven. He seems like a pretty upstanding dude. And uh, is he... Is he looking at Crystal a lot? Hmm, that's interesting. And that's all you can tell with your seven. Okay. But I I do believe that at the end of Love Fest, you wished for Crystal to find her next big love. I did. And you would say that he seems like based on your seven insight, you know, maybe he's a little into her and he seems pretty cool. He has beautiful, shiny, long black hair and uh, took care of a monster earlier today. So uh, she could do worse. She could do worse. So that's what you're that's the, the mental path you're on. Tobias opens his helmet again. He's listening to the conversation, but he takes out the cookie, which is still whole, of course. Puts in a cup of tea, <laughs> shuts the helmet. <laughs> so uh, Beans is lapping away at the like the saucer of milk, and goes. Mm, mm, mm. So, what was the deal with that um, that that big old monster you had over here? Because uh, we had <laughs> looking over at uh, the. Massive bloody carpets we've dragged inside. Well, we we had a bit of a time. How you know what what was it deal with yours? Oh wow, those carpets are crazy. I've never seen anything like that. I'm gonna rethink walking on the floors later today. Whew. No, ours was nothing like that. Says Somerset. It was huge. It was massive. Yeah, but like, what was it? You you know, like shape, long, tubular. It was. A giant worm. Oh no, that's okay. We've already we we we've covered that. It's okay. Now I'm kidding. What? You serious? <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. Ayaz sealed it. I'm sure everything is fine now. Speaking of, you hear the sound of a crashing plate. <gasps> oh no! Exploding into pieces on the ground. 
there are screams of orphans and the roar of a giant worm. Let's go, guys. Joining us this time oh. for part one were Aaron. Oh, uh, I guess we'll handle that later. <laughs> Tobias. This tea tastes like broken ceramic. And beans. The worm is back, 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 back again, <laughs> again, again. Gonna eat you all up, because that's what worms do, apparently. <laughs> Run away! <laughs> Please leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll read it on air. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. In case you fell asleep at some point, that's okay, we'll remind you what happened. I'm going to roll a d20, and everybody else also roll a d20. Oh no, oh no. You can opt out. You don't have to. 17. I will just say it's dangerous if Beans does it because we don't have the time. <laughs> uh, I rolled a two. I got a seven. Tobias, please tell us what happened last time. Well, first, um, someone knocked on the door of the guild hall and, um, and then Beans read some text out loud to me and found out we needed to pay taxes. So we all paid our taxes and... Uh, Beans came up with this really great idea to help teach me to read, where we would spell out things with grapes or coffee beans, um, because I can't read because I can't see flat things on a on a surface. So, uh, but anyway, so he ran out to run our taxes, and then we checked the quest board, and um, we found out people had some monster attacks. So, after Beans came back, we set off to go find these people who had monster attacks, and I told people to have a good day, and I told them that I believed in them. And they didn't seem to care, but that's okay. I believe in them anyway. And then we went and we found their homes. And I didn't sense any monsters, but we went and we found their homes. And we went to go knock on the door. And some lady, she she looked really angry. And she had a fireball. And and um, it looked like they were going to attack. And I was kind of scared. But Aaron sang a song. And then they seemed like, that seemed like to calm them down. And, and then we went inside and talked to... Um, a cup, or was it, uh, oh, I can't remember their names. Um, what was the name of the gnome? Beans, do you remember? <laughs> Good luck with that. 
Arndt and Ingracia Quennell. Parents of Bruno, A-R-N-D-T. Okay. And they, uh, they told us that they had hired their own bodyguards instead of paying taxes, which I thought was interesting because they're paying a whole lot more for bodyguards. And I only paid five gold for taxes. And so they, they told us that they were missing two goblins from yesterday. So we tied a rope around me and I made a whole lot of musical noises and I walked out into the forest and then I got attacked by a rug and we fought a bunch of rugs and the rugs tried to kill some of these guards and the guards talked about killing the gnomes and I didn't, I kept telling them I believed in them and they didn't seem to care about that. But after I heard them say they were going to kill the gnomes, I didn't believe in them anymore. And so we went, <laughs> after, after we fought the rugs, uh, we, we got our payment, but we told the lady about what happened and, um, and we convinced her that it would be a lot easier to just pay the same taxes in the end. So after that, we went to the other house that had a monster attack and we met some cute little girls who were selling cookies and I bought all the cookies they had and we went inside to talk about the monster attack and I was trying some tea but then it sounded like someone broke something and in all the bustle I broke the teacup inside my helmet and that's where we are now right did I miss anything that sounds great yeah sounds about right to me thank you and that brings us back to where we were you hear a plate crash to the ground you hear a roar of a giant worm, and you hear screams of orphans. You're all sitting in the tea room with Crystal, Ayaz, Doobie, and Somerset. What do you do? Well, first, I wonder about the structural integrity of this house since we just unleashed a giant monster indoors, which has never worked out well in the past. I stand up and I look for the uh, girls because I heard them scream. They're not in the room you're in. Okay. And the monster is not in the room either? The tea room is intact. The door is okay. closed. There's the rest of the mansion beyond. What do you do? I run out of the room. Uh, and let's, uh, to, to decide whose turn is when, let's all roll initiative. Okay. Nat 20. 22. 25 for beans. Seven. So Tobias runs out of the room... Beans, you also have a chance to react. What do you do? Gather up whatever fish is available, stuff it in my pockets, and also run out of the room. Towards. I want to see a big giant worm. <laughs> I suppose I'm also going to run out of the room and go try to find the worm. All right, you guys here behind you, Crystal, Ayaz, and Doobie saying, Somerset, to the safe room. And there's some bustling going on behind you, but you all run out of the room. You step into what used to be a entrance parlor with a ceiling. It doesn't have one anymore. Now you can see very far into the distance. There's trees and lawn and bushes, and a lot of them are squished. Because sitting on it all is a giant worm. For size proportion, if you can imagine a fruit fly flying through the air and landing on a giant banana... You are the fruit fly, and the giant banana is this massive purple worm. It stretches out. You can't see where it ends because it's taking up your entire view. But you can see where it starts. 
Rows and rows of teeth fill its mouth. And it roars! The children are screaming and running off across the lawn. You can see a little furbolg, a little fire genasi, and a little half-elf going as fast as their little five-year-old legs can carry them, which is not very fast. Beans, you're up first. You're 20 feet away from this giant worm. Now, uh, I I have an out-of-character lore question. Now, is this the same giant worm as has previously been encountered, or is this a different one? Because if it's the same one, then there are a lot of questions that uh, jump to mind. So I was thinking it was a different one, and I would like to bow to you also being a DM and say if you want it to be the same one, it can, and I can work that in. But in my mind, um, this was it, a different I giant think worm, it but... would, and I, It would probably be a different one, I would agree with you. Okay, Because right. the, the, the other worm um, is, like, defending... <laughs> <laughs> an ancient civilization from outsiders. So yes. if it was out doing something else, then some, either something horrible has happened in that ancient civilization. <laughs> no. No. The thing is, now you know they exist, how many of them are there? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe the, maybe these are underground dragons just turned into worms over the, over the millennia. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Anyway, uh... Beans goes first. Uh, okay, so I think... Actually, how tall is said giant worm? If a human is a fruit fly and a banana is a giant worm, very, very tall. Okay. You can climb up on it, and you can grab on it, and you can climb up on top of it, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. There's, there's, well, monks can run up vertical surfaces, which I imagine counts as yeah. the body of a giant worm so we can just sprint right up up its back onto its onto the top of its head and just cling on for dear life like okay what do i do now <laughs> yeah you can beans dashes forward and ends up on top of the giant worm rodeo style i'm thinking spongebob people <laughs> okay is it safe to say that you expanded your movement and your dash doing that yeah, well, uh, movement, I can do 60 feet. If I uh, dash, then I can get an extra... Um, well, that doubles it, doesn't it? Up to 120 feet. Strictly yeah. speaking, I could get it up to eventually 480 feet if I like activated everything, but <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a 500-foot tall worm. So if 120 e feet is enough, then, yeah. Yeah. then we'll just do that. All right. Beans is on top of the giant worm. Is that the end of your turn? Uh, yeah, aside from go, woohoo, this is everything I dreamed of. Someone, <laughs> someone, someone, like, do a quick portrait. Quick. <laughs> Tobias, it's your turn. Okay, uh, I wanted to ask, is the worm facing the girls that are running away? The worm is facing you. It is facing mansion. me. Yeah. In the mansion. Okay. But the girls look like they're getting away, as far as I can tell. Yes. Okay. Um, oh my my word. Okay. Um, sorry. That was that was what I assumed my turn was going to be was getting between the worm and the girls. So now I actually have to think. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. We're gonna go to Aaron. Oh. Aaron, what do you do? Sure. So I am going to first off use my movement to get behind some broken wall or I'm gonna I'm gonna fly up and try to hide behind something so I get at least half cover 
And I believe I am still within 90 feet of this thing, correct? Are you taking the hide action? No, I am not. I am just moving myself to a position that naturally has cover, not necessarily using the hide action. Perching on a rafter or something. Do you have to use the hide action to get cover? Uh, no. It, okay. it just depends on, like, if you happen to, like, walk behind, like, um, like a, a collapsed wall or something, then it's not, it. strictly speaking, hiding. Hiding is that specific action. Like, half cover provides, like, disadvantage on, like, ranged things and all sorts of technical things you're about yeah. to read out. Uh Yep, I already looked up the cover thing. Plus two for half, plus five for three quarters. And if I can find full cover, if I'm completely behind a wall or something, I cannot be targeted at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're aiming for half cover? Well, you tell me, what's what's in the room? Is there something wide enough for me to put my entire body behind it? Such as a broken wall or a very thick rafter or something something that's at least 12 inches across. I'm going to give you three quarters cover with a plus five bonus to your AC. But I'm not going to say that you're not targetable because you're not hiding. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, perfect. And I am going to use first my bonus action to cast Hex, which I don't believe has a role. It says you just place a curse. Um, on the worm, it's going to take an extra 1d6 necrotic damage for each hit it takes. Um, it is also going to get disadvantage on a certain ability. I'm going to choose Wisdom. Um, Ooh, all right. Well, most of my things are wisdom saves. Um, and then I'm going to cast... Our, oh, I, actually, I can't do that this turn. I'm sorry. Next turn, we'll do that. This turn, I am then going to cast Eldridge Blast. I'm going to make three attacks. They have hits of 14, 11, and 24. The 24 hits. Okay. And 11 damage. What does it look like? What's your Eldritch Uh, Blast look like? Well, my Eldritch Blast is blue because everything is. Uh, (laughs) So it's just a ray of shining blue light that comes out of my fingertips. Nice. It does a little pink sound on the side of the worm. It did lose some HP. You feel like it wasn't a lot. And after that, Tobias, Uh, it's your turn. I thought about it now. And if... I can find some cover. I would look for that as well. And I would look up at Beans and say, you are a great cat. You know that? And cast haste on Beans. What? I, I, I can't hear you. What? You're, you're a really great cat. You're really smart, you what? know? You know? You know you're it's like really a lawyer and, th- and stuff, you know? <laughs> you must accept the compliment. <laughs> Should give you a plus two bonus to AC. Um advantage on decks and <laughs> i think you get don't you get an extra action or something uh have a look yeah you get an additional action each turn yep Ooh. beans here's a compliment and pretends not to but is hasted <laughs> i mean it is very windy up there <laughs> like if the worm's thrashing around from getting hit by eldritch magic then it's going to be like up there i think realistically you know we're not going to hear a huge amount but you get the gist you're mm-hmm. like oh i f- i feel a bit speedier <laughs> all right okay so technically if i wanted now i could move 960 feet in a turn <laughs> oh my gosh but we'll test wow. that a bit later yep is that the end of your turn tobias 
Yes. All right. At the end of this round, how far are you all away from the giant worm? Beans is zero feet zero. on top of it. Tobias is... I'm I'm still right at the edge of the building looking for some cover, so I'm still probably pretty close to the worm. Okay, let's say you also have a plus five to your AC, and how many feet are you away from it? Um, however many feet the building is, I guess. How, was that? Uh, let's just go for 20. You are 20 feet away from the giant worm. Okay, and Aaron, how far away are you from the giant worm? I'll say I'm about 60 feet away. 60 feet away. Got it. It's the giant worm's turn. The first thing it does is it shrieks. It's going to rear up. Unfortunately, it cannot get beans in this because he's on its back. But all creatures within a 60-foot cone, which includes Aaron, that can hear the giant worm must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or be frightened by this giant worm. 19. Tobias is not afraid. He has orphans to protect. Okay, uh, so 15. You fail. You are frightened for one minute. You can repeat this saving throw at the end of each of your turns, ending the effect on yourself with a success. A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. The creature can't willingly move closer to the source of its fear. Is casting a spell an attack roll? Some of them have attack rolls. Others don't. Okay. It then tries to bite Tobias, because Tobias, you are only 20 feet away from it. So it moves slightly, and is now 0 feet away from you, and 40 feet away from Aaron, and tries to hit you with a 27 to hit. Are you bitten? Yes. You take 22 piercing damage. Please make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. That's 11. I'm going to... I have a reaction I can take to add 4 to that. Um, That's 15. You fail. The worm bites you, lifts up its head, tosses you in the air, and swallows you like a snack. A swallowed creature is blinded and restrained, and takes 16 necrotic damage at the start of each of the giant worm's turns. The giant creature can have any number of creatures swallowed at one time. You're inside the worm. That's a development. That's not good. (laughs) Beans watches it happen. Okay, Beans, you're on top of it, so it's going to try to roll and crush you. Because if it can ro- like shake you off and pin you underneath it, it can do crushing damage to you. So I'm going to roll a Ooh, fun, hit. fun, fun. Does a 31 hit you? I'd be surprised if it didn't. <laughs> I'm kind of in automatic mode, so if I say something ridiculous, does a 500 hit you? Just let me. I'm... <laughs> it's like, no, actually, 500 doesn't. <laughs> Tiny brain, lots of math. Keeping going. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, okay, so the crush hits you. You take 20 bludgeoning damage, and you are also grappled and restrained until the giant worm moves. You can try to escape on your turn. It's then going to try to crush you again. Oh gosh, I think a 30 hits you. You take another 20 bludgeoning damage. Okay. And then it tries to stinger. Okay, so it's not close enough. It's only close enough to Tobias, but you got swallowed, so it can't stinger anybody this turn. Aaron, you're too far away to get Stinger attacked. Thank God. My turn? Yeah. No, Beans. Beans, it's your turn. Okay, so how does escaping work? Please roll a... uh, What you would normally do to escape grappling, which I think is athletics or acrobatics, but I am not sure. Um, I thought it was a raw strength check. mm, Let me check. How to escape grapple. (laughs) 
A, a grappled creature can Wait. use strength, parentheses, athletics, or dexterity, parentheses, acrobatics check contested by the enemy. So you can use their skilled proficiency bonuses. Player's choice. Okay. Um, in that case, because I, <laughs> I was just thinking of a, of a weird uh, way to, to get out of it. So am I um, like pins like um, just on the ground now then? There's a worm on top of you, and there's, like, the floorboards of this room underneath you, and a bit, like, there's the foundation of the house smushed right so next to the bush much, in the ground. Yeah. Hmm? So, uh, pretty much, pretty, yeah. pretty much pinned on the ground then, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's, like, rolling, and your feet are getting crushed as it, like, rolls up your body, and you're, like, trying to, you're reaching out your hands and scrabbling at the ground to try to pull yourself out. Okay. Yeah, uh, in that case, I will just, is it using the action to, uh get out or is it just a just a free action just work, working on the can i attack afterwards situation. Uh, i i'm gonna go with you can just do this as a free action because i don't care cool. speeding up combat why waste a whole round on doing nothing oh yeah oh there we go and that's a 27 describe what happens as you escape the worm uh well what the worm forgets is that beans is very small so as it rolls over uh there's like a, a small kink in its uh, body and very much like a Buster Keaton film, it just it tries to crush it but forgets about the tiny little kink, <laughs> uh, which is basically like a like a bean sized curls up into a little ball as it rolls over, and beans yeah. kind of lays there, not unharmed but very much not dead. There's a whole Japanese game show that is pose your body in the yeah, shape that's coming at wolf, you. Yeah. Beans would be really good at that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think it's. Uh, more or less revenge time now. I pre-rolled because there's quite a lot because I, I have an extra action now, which I can use for two attacks. So, because I don't actually have enough D20s to <laughs> <laughs> to roll these. Um, oh, okay, that's handy. Um, so I just rolled two extra. So I've got a, that is weird. Sorry. Um, I've got, so I've basically got six attacks um, to play with and four of those... And because of the hex, right? That is right. Plus a d6 on each hit. Um, I actually and checked. He- I actually checked hex. It's only Aaron that gets the extra d6 because ah, it says you get. Got it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, weirdly enough, four of those are I rolled seventeen on. So there, those are all um twenty eights. To let you know, the armor class of this giant worm is twenty one. Okay, so. All right, we've got six hits. Okay, give me... Once again, I do not have enough dice for this. Tobias, your haste is really cool. <laughs> this is definitely helping out. <clears throat> A monk is also the perfect character to put it on, apparently. Mm-hmm. It always worked really well on fighters, too. Those turns where I would just deal, like, 180 damage. No biggie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you versus the wind spirits. Yeah. Was that you? Yeah. I think that was me. Yeah. You cast it on me. It was great. Oh, wait. I, I technically get sneak attack on the basis that... Uh, hang on. Hang on. Let me, let me just double check sneak attack. Um, Something tells me we're not going to kill this with the HP. Well, you never know. We can try. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it says, you don't need advantage on the attack roll. If another enemy of the target is within five feet of it, that... Oh, yeah. Um, Tobias is very much incapacitated, I'd say, being swallowed. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. We'll uh, get rid of the sneak attack. That is 
73 damage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Describe <laughs> six, that. <laughs> six punches. Uh, I, I think uh, a gleam comes into Bean's eyes and <laughs> like getting up, you just kind of like um, Mission Impossible, like um, Henry Cavill, you reload your arms and go, boo, boo, and you go, right? <laughs> like, and you sprint back up the worm, punching and kicking as you go. You go, um, and like <laughs> with with one hit to go, you sprint up the top. So you, um, you get a bit of air, point back down, and just Superman your way directly into the top of his head. Um, you go, and also I'm going to spend uh, a key, an extra key point in that um, to do stunning strikes. So please make a constitution saving check for Mr. Romy. 26. Ah, uh, shame. Never mind. That would have been cool. He's got a strong stomach. I would know. <laughs> yeah. Inside of it. <laughs> Speaking of, is that the end of your turn? Um, I think so. Yeah, I don't have anything left to do. Um, but can we run away a little bit? Yes, you can. How far away are Just you? A, um, well, I have a movement of 60 feet. Do, are, we, are we using uh, movement to get up? If, assuming I was prone pinned. Mm -hmm. Half. Then half. I'll, I'll be uh, 30 feet away in that case. Got it. Out of the range of the stinger so far. Tobias, it's your turn. You're inside a giant worm. The worm is digesting you. Okay, gross. You are blinded and restrained, which means that your attacks have disadvantage. So I take one of those experimental elixirs I made earlier in the day and put it in my helmet and break it. <laughs> and um, this, the elixir, when I rolled it, came up as a transformation elixir, which allows me to cast, it's basically the effects of Alter Self. So I was thinking I would have him grow spikes all over himself. Um, and I was thinking maybe he'd try to use those to try to climb back up the, the worm's throat somehow. So, um, but also he gained 13 hit points as part of his alchemy thing. Nice. A restrained creature's speed becomes zero, so I do like your spikes idea. You are restrained, though, so you're just okay. kind of lodged in the throat and you're not progressing further down the digestive tract. How's that? You've wedged your way in there, and you're not going to... All right. Yeah. That sounds good. That should be my turn. Okay. Aaron, it's your turn. You're 40 feet away from the giant worm. I am. Okay. And your friend so... is inside it. <laughs> So I'm going to try something. Um, I am going to try to cast Polymorph. I'm not sure this is how this is going to work with somebody inside of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you must make a wisdom saving throw to avoid the effect. Uh, transformation okay. lasts for the duration, um, which is up to an hour. A, um, so part and of it has disadvantage on wisdom right now. It has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. So does that just cancel out with the disadvantage? So they cancel out. So that means this dice roll matters. So it is a 21. Uh, and it's against my spell save DC, right? Yeah. What's your spell save DC? 18. Can I? Ah, but Bardic Inspiration. Let me just see here. I believe one of my bard abilities. 
uh, cutting words. I can use a reaction to expend a bardic inspiration and subtract that roll from its die. And my bardic inspiration is a d10. Let me just roll that d10 and let's see if I can belittle it into failing this wisdom saving. I I rolled a nine, right? Am I doing this right? I'm checking. Even if not, it's hella cool. I'd let it go, just saying. When a creature that you can see within 60 feet of you makes an ability check, an attack roll, or a damage roll, and is a saving throw, an ability check is the question. So Beans is voting yes. Rolling a bardic inspiration die and subtracting the number rolled from the creature's roll, you can choose before or after. That does appear to be the whole point of cutting words, but I don't know if cutting words applies to... Let me just double check. Saving throws. Cutting words does not work on saving throws. Says... Ah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I really like where you were going there, though. And I, I think you should take an inspiration dice for being creative. Thanks. Player take inspiration. <laughs> um, I want to okay, give well, it then... to you, but the rules is written say no, and I don't want to end this fight right now to a polymorph. This is a giant worm, you guys. This is the battle to end all battles. Okay. We'll try polymorph again later. Um, <laughs> I will then... Uh, can I still do Eldritch Blast? Go ahead. I'll give it to you. I didn't. I didn't give you okay. the saving throws. So yeah. <laughs> feel bad. Uh, I missed one. I got a crit on the second one. Total damage thirty. As two beams of blue light lance out towards the worm. Noted. The worm is looking beaten up. You guys are beating up this giant worm. It still looks very really? healthy. Okay. Okay. It's the start of the giant worm's turn, which means that Tobias inside the giant worm takes sixteen necrotic damage. Aaron and Beans are both 30 and 40 feet away. The worm can move 50, which means it, it moves up. It is now zero feet from both of you guys um, because it's got a tail and a head. So it is a long worm. <laughs> so <laughs> it is near both of you. Okay. It's going to try to bite Aaron. I think an 18 plus 16 hits you, right? Take 22 piercing damage and make a dexterity saving throw. Oh my. All right. Now it can't bite um, beans. I'm going to put the mouth is near Aaron. The mouth. And then the butt is near beans. Okay. <laughs> uh, Non-natural 20 for my dexterity saving throw. Okay. You are swallowed. A swallowed creature oh. is blinded and restrained. And how many points did I, did I damage did I take? 22 piercing damage from the rows and rows of teeth on the way down. Tobias, gotcha. you've gained a friend. In the darkness, wedged in there with the spikes, you prevent the further passage of your friend Aaron, who greets you. How are you looking on health? I'm okay. <laughs> they say to one another in the darkness inside the worm. <laughs> okay, I described it to the other group as, have you ever laid under a weighted blanket? Yeah. You're under a wet weighted blanket. Ew. It's thick, it's warm, and it's inside a worm. Okay. Um, the giant worm also has crush and stinger attacks, and it can um, not crush beans because of the way it has folded itself, but it can stinger you. Does a 23 hit you, beans? It does indeed. Okay. You take 23 piercing damage, 
and 33 poison damage and are poisoned for one hour, you can do a constitution saving throw to reduce the poison damage by half and negate the poison condition, or you can be a monk. You are immune to poison damage, right? Yeah, that is lucky because I'd forgotten about that, so thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. So you would have taken 33 poison damage, but it is negated by your monkness. You only take the 23 piercing damage from the stinger. And you can totally skip this whole paragraph that happens if you fail saving throws. You get to be poisoned, blah, blah, and paralyzed. That sounds too complicated. And... I, ju- I just won't be. <laughs> okay. We'll just skip that. The monk says no thanks. It roars its frustration at not being able to crush anybody this turn. Okay. Beans, it's your turn. Both of your friends have been swallowed by the giant worm. The other guards are... Oh, wait. Who's that? Because rolling up out of the corner of your eye is one wheelchair-bound warforged. He's got a tattoo on his chest that says, test your strength. You know, he rolls up and he sees you guys fighting. Does he have a minigun? No. that would be quite useful. Yes. Rocket launcher? Black cannon? You, do an insight check on him. Ooh, 11. Okay, that's past 10. His face doesn't look like the face of someone who would help you. And when Aaron got eaten by the giant worm... There's still delight on his face as the person who made him think, Aaron, you made this guy think that you were a junkyard trash compactor so that he would be so fearful of you that he would, in a wheelchair, push himself out of his chair and flee himself to look at the ceiling and just to back up away from you with his, like, arms only because he's, like, a paraplegic. And I gotta admit, as you got eaten, there was a look of joy on his face. I'm not surprised. So yeah, Beans, it doesn't look like he's got a mini anything. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I do have an idea, but it will require a little bit of inventive interpretation of some rules. So I have an ability called Shadow Step, which uh which I've already used so far once this uh session, which allows me to teleport um between areas of darkness or dim light. Now, it doesn't mention that I can't bring people with me, but it also doesn't mention that I can. So my question to you, DM, is can I like bring people with me, assuming they're also in that area? Yes. Okay. All right, here's the plan. Um, I pull out my um, newly acquired magic boomerang, look at uh, wheelchair dude, in the eye and go, okay, if I make it out, you can help us because this is going to be the coolest thing you've ever seen. Um, I throw the boomerang at just at a space in the house. So it's like sticks in uh, just like a uh, like a, a rafter or um, just a bit of brickwork or something. And magical darkness expands from it um, to make... Just a 30-foot diameter sphere, I think, just a magical darkness. I dive, like, or like, run and dive into the worm's mouth. <laughs> down down the gullet uh, to meet my two friends. I'll be like, hey guys, what's up? Um, you guys got <laughs> swallowed, eh? Uh, seems a bit of a bit of a shame. I've got an idea. Then I uh Look back out of the the mouth because if it's uh, because it's it's still open and the wording says it has to be something I can see. Uh, back to the magical darkness and be like, okay, hold on, guys, 
this may be uncomfortable. And I use my shadow step ability to teleport us out of the worm's mouth, which I would definitely count as darkness or dim light <laughs> because it's inside a worm. You're free! To that, to that spot of um, magical darkness. So we're technically all hidden as well because <laughs> none of us, even with dark vision, can see out of this thing. You're free! The two of Whoa. you are no longer weighted down by the wet, weighted blanket of the inside of the worm. Beans dashed in and grabbed you guys and Shadow stealthed you out. Shadow stepped? Okay. Uh, shadow, shadow stepped. Ooh. Shadow stepped you out. Aaron and Tobias, you're free. You're all disgusting. That does put a damper on my next plan, but okay. I mean, you uh, can go, but I, I, you know, I can leave you in there if you no, want. No, 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 that's I'm fine. fine see, I told fine. you you were a pretty great cat, see? Aww. Yeah, I got a bit of... Uh, I got some goo on my fur. Uh, yeah. It's nasty. You can lick it later. I'd rather not. <laughs> but bear in mind, you two are both like covered in worm goo. And I'm like, uh, uh, got a little bit on me. Yeah, Tobias has got visible rust already. It sounds less relevant now, but just so that I know, if you were to cast Prismatic Spray inside of an enemy... Does it automatically get hit by all eight rays? Probably. I don't know. That's a Find problem, out. Yeah. Dive inside. It's quite difficult to miss. Yeah, go back in. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, because that's that is eighty d six. I think damage. Well, guess what, Tobias? It's your turn, and then Aaron, you're up after that. Tobias, go ahead. Okay, Tobias. Um, let's see if this spell requires touch. No, no, it doesn't. Okay. Um, Gives Aaron Sanctuary. Um, Should make it so that any attack against you forces the attacker to make a wisdom saving throw. Nice. You feel protected, Aaron. You feel like your friends teleported you out of a giant worm and then cast Sanctuary on you. You have the best friends. Aww. (laughs) And it's your turn. Right? Is that the end of your turn, Tobias? Um, That was a bonus action. So actually, yeah, I will go ahead and... Summon a, another one of those burning orbs right there in front of the uh, the giant worm. Flaming Sphere. Nice. So it makes a dex saving throw. Burning things. You're a true fire-breathing kitten. <laughs> <laughs> it got a 21 on its dexterity saving throw. Okay, so it did save, so it should take 9 fire damage. Nice. Okay. It's looking a bit more injured than it did before. Is that the end of your turn? Yes. Aaron, we're back to you. Okay, well, I'm not inside of it, so I'm not going to do what I thought I was going to do before. Um, well, You can run up to its mouth and just eat your arms in. Just go... Yeah, well, I, actually do that. <laughs> uh, and it's going to get hit by all eight rays, really? I mean, it says... Each creature in a 60-foot cone must make a dexterity saving throw for each roll. Roll a d8 to determine which color ray affects it. And it's exactly. just eight, eight rays. So, But what I'm saying is if you do it in such a way that... Yeah. I mean, if it's going to get hit by all eight. Yeah. Um, okay. So Aaron so, runs... He's like, no, don't save me, and runs back in. Yeah, I'm going like, to Wait, guys, run. I left something in the worm. My watch. <laughs> Gotta go back for it. <laughs> I'm going to run in... Uh, and, you know, poke myself into its mouth again while it's distracted. <laughs> um, and You've got a lot of cavities going... in here, dude. 
And it's going to make flossing. a dexterity saving throw. How does it dodge? You're in its mouth. It fails. Okay, cool. So then that is... Let's see. Six of these deal deal a 10d6 of different kinds of damage. So let me just do that all at once here. So... We're all about to get worm goo on us. 60d6, right? 60d6? Yeah. Uh, just to let you know, it had 147 hit points left. And Aaron, you okay. did. Um, let me just change that to 60 of these. 60d6, uh, 190 damage. <laughs> Negative hit points. <laughs> So I just blast it to smithereens from the inside out. Um, you see rays of light piercing from from different sides of it. I, yeah. I, I think the worm would just like you know in, like inflate. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then it just bursts. Oh, All, like the, the goo like covers the rest of the house yeah, and absolutely. the surrounding area, including all of us. We just get. Like, Everyone just gets covered in like steaming goo, and the person in the wheelchair is really pissed off at you again. And I'm glaring at him. <laughs> he, he he rolls out of the room. He's like, ah! And he rolls into the where the safe room is. And He's steaming in more ways than one. Yeah, and Beans was all like, "I have a little bit of goo on me," and Aaron was like, "I <laughs> I can change that." Ah, <laughs> oh, the worm is dead, and. It's kind of sad because it's like you guys were searching after that cryptid for so long and you, you found out they existed. And then what'd you do? Blew it up. And now there's no evidence that there was a giant worm. <laughs> Speaking of evidence, uh, Aaron is going to cast prestigitation to clean our clothing. And you're all oh. perfectly clean. And there is oh. no, I, I love this, that there is no proof a giant worm was ever here. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Tobias is going to sit down the... and continuously cast mending on himself. I mean, I feel like the corpse is going to be a lot to handle, but um, the corpse is goo that's like slowly running downhill out of this room. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, that was successful. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> In the eerie silence that follows. <laughs> with the little drips and drops of worm raining down from the ceiling like every now and then a bit of worm condenses and collapses from the ceiling you realize that you're the only ones in this room the orphans reached the tree line and and xavier rolled into the room with the safe room and the other guards are not to be seen what do you do oh you guys got a, a a portrait of me up on the worm right you had time to do that, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go find Somerset, like, real soon, before her guards do. Okay. It's weird that they didn't help, right? Well, now we don't have to split the gold with them. All right, let's go. All right, you're exploring the mansion. You go back to the tea room, and you find another door. I open it. There's another room and another door. You're exploring and exploring... Everybody do a perception check and let's see if you find or investigation. That's the right skill. An investigation check and we'll see if you find the safe room. Uh, 28. Mm, investigation. Uh, 18. The beans. 21. Tobias, you are by far the best investigator. You open a cabinet and find a tiny crying orphan. She, they've, it's been some time and they've come back from the trees and they're hiding inside and they're like, 
The forest is also full of monsters. <laughs> oh, okay. This is one of the the cookie-selling children. Yep. Yep. Some uh, time has passed. It's, it's okay. The monster's gone now. Aw. Uh, um, across the room, a cabinet opens, and the fur bulb comes out. And then from underneath a table... And by the way, Tobias is alone for this. Your friends are in another room, easily within shouting distance, but for this scene, you're just, you're alone. So there's a fire genasi who is just bawling, and a half-elf who seems to have their stuff together, and the furbolg who never really talks and seems fine. You're not sure if they know there's danger. <laughs> it's okay, the monster's gone. Mr. Aaron got it. Ember's face is bright red and tears are welling in her eyes. It's my fault! It's my fault! We almost died! She sobs, wailing. Why do you say that? I, I, she's sobbing so hard that she can't breathe or form words. I think we know what she did. I'm sure it's not your fault. No, it really is. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you a giant worm that crashes into things? And eats people? No, but I, I cracked the plate earlier and I was trying to fix it. And I tried to push the crack back together, and I broke it. Well, that's not that's not your fault. Who, who thinks it's safe to turn a monster into a disc? That's silly. But if I hadn't tried to fix it, then it wouldn't have broken. There, there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure Tobias knows anything more to say. <laughs> okay. Your two friends walk in the room. What do you say to them? Um, these little ones seem distressed. They, they think it's their fault because the plate was broken. I told them it's not their fault. They're not a giant worm. Well, I don't know. I, I, I heard like quite a lot of different times when I was growing up that, you know, if you broke a plate, then a giant worm would come and eat you. Or like, <laughs> if you didn't make your bed, a giant worm would come and eat you. Or if you didn't eat like all of your sardines a giant worm would come and eat you so i think it checks out beans shh that's not nice <laughs> what um what just casually observing these three girls what what how do they seem like how's their emotional state ember is sobbing she's been comforted a little bit by tobias but she's not certain if it was her fault or not and then now that Beans has added that everything, really anything you do, could release a giant worm. You watch Erin as her emotional state calms and smoothens, and she says, Okay, well, if I told you guys and you say that it wasn't my fault, then it wasn't my fault. Okay, I, I just won't tell anybody else. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay with me. Okay. I will not have to spell her into calmness. Erin <laughs> and children! Quiet! I was gonna, I was gonna use song of rest and sing to her about how it's not her fault. Okay, I mean you can do that if you want. Nah. Um, <laughs> all right. Hey, Ember, can you tell us where Somerset is? Where, where's this safe room? We really got to talk to her. She sniffles and, and says, "Yeah, I can take you there." Okay, so you're following the orphans. All right, the huge mansion is completely silent. You enter a room led by the orphans. No one is here. There are doors on the left and the right. Oh, oh crap. Okay, sorry. Something just touched me. I was not okay with that. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> it was a piece of foam. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, she guides you into another room, and as you enter this one, roll, roll, roll the unmistakable sound of wheels on floor. Xavier Tin Man, the handicapped robot, is rolling up to a bookshelf. He pulls on a book, but instead of coming off of the shelf, it pivots and the adjacent wall pops open with a clip. Xavier tugs on the wall and calls inside. It's all clear, Miss Sunset. I punched the worm to death with these two fists. Ha ha! From inside, you hear Sunset, the wealthy fire genasi, call back. Oh, well done. That's a relief. She emerges and says, I guess we didn't need fire-breathing kittens after all. Why did you lie to her just now? It's not good to teach children to lie. Xavier whirls around on his wheelchair and faces you. Ah, it's Aaron <laughs> and friends. Confronted. Uh, do an intimidation check, Tobias. Oh, uh, hmm. Not bad. 17. Okay. Confronted and intimidated, he backs down and says, oh, uh, just kidding. It was the fire breathing kittens who did it. I wasn't involved. Um, I, I didn't even help. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Mr. Beans here punched the worm a whole lot, and then Aaron shredded it with some kind of magic. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun. I we we all like um had a had a picnic inside of the worm, and <laughs> then it started to get a bit gooey, so I got everyone out, and yeah, Aaron like exploded it. Um, you may want to get some cleaners in. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys have trailed goo along with you because <laughs> as you walked out of that room, like you're pressed digitated mostly clean, but like if you look like behind your ear and then like on your feet, there's definitely some like blood, uh, very colorful yeah, blood. Still have rust spots. I'm 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 thinking necrotic damage was for him rust. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you, like the house smells like it got misted worm in it. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well then. Footsteps pound on the floorboards. A large group is rushing in, and these people are moving in formation. You can tell they were clearing one room at a time. Like they were, They're just slower than you. You guys are awesome. A white-haired human woman, a half-orc man with beautiful, long, straight black hair, and a male goliath but with sandy-colored skin as opposed to rocky approach from the direction of where the worm had already been killed by the time they reached there. The white-haired woman is holding two semicircle halves of a disc, clearly shattered, looking indignant. She sees that Xavier is already in the room with Miss Somerset and does some quick deductive reasoning. You, Crystal exclaims, pointing at the wheelchair-bound robot. You're in here. You must have done this, everyone. Xavier broke the seal. Ayaz, the half-orc with long black hair, shouts, he must have released the worm so he could distract us and steal from Miss Somerset. I don't think that's what happened. Hang on. So, like, wait, so why would he want to, why would he need to steal? From, and like, what? Explain. You're surrounded by priceless artifacts, by the way. This is a super wealthy lady in a very big mansion. So it is very easy for anyone to just pick up a gold vase and walk out. Oh, is that right? Okay, a uh, sleight of hand check, please. Oh, absolutely. You get... Oh, nat 20. <laughs> 100,000 gold vase... Oh, candlesticks. Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, just got some candlesticks. Go, why would anyone want to take anything? Just <laughs> <laughs> What were those made out of adamantium? <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Dang. They just slip into the poncho pockets. Like, 
Why would anyone want to steal anything? Tobias said, I don't think that's what happened. Oh, wait, no. Yes, that's what happened. 16 plus uh, 14. So Uh, non-natural 30. Are we all stealing (laughs) stuff? Uh, Yes. All right. Uh, Aaron pockets a 100,000 gold set of cutlery. And (laughs) good help is so hard to find, sighs Somerset. Guards, take him away to the Nikimoy police. He'll serve time for trying to steal from me. You'll repay this property damage, she waves. The house smells very much like worm. My house is all smashed up because of you. She furrows her brows and now looks really angry as she thinks. What if one of the children had gotten hurt? You can tell Miss Sunset has resolved to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Oh, so she does care about these children? Yeah, man, she cares about these orphans. They come visit her because they're her friend. Oh, okay. She's She, like, gives them hot food and takes them out shopping for clothes and takes them to the, like, lets them read in her library. Yeah. Okay, so them running away was because they ran away. For some reason, my in my mind, the fact that she went to her safe room right away just made me think, I shouldn't even give two craps about them. But on the other hand, if they were running away, that makes sense. <laughs> She's definitely going to have, like, a... A self-reflection moment where it's like you should have caught the baby when it was falling but instead you ducked yourself moment yeah, these are not yeah. her own biological children and <laughs> yeah she's going to have some self-reflection for why she didn't make sure they got in the safe room too yeah but no she does like them um, Beans is going to do another uh, sleight of paw check to uh, slip um, an attorney card to uh, Xavier <laughs> um, for legal defense all right. It's got like contact details and everything. It just says better cool beans. <laughs> you, what's the theme song go for better call Saul? Anyway, so um, yeah, you better call beans. Would anyone like to do anything else? Um, oh, oh, she's got to give you some money, huh? Okay, all right. Uh, she stands up and um, after having checked on the children, re- <laughs> reassured herself that they were okay, knelt down next to them and like was like, "Are you kids okay?" And then stands up. And shakes your hands, fire-breathing kittens, and hands you a paper promissory note you can exchange for 100,000 gold at a bank. That amount of gold weighs a literal ton. Oh, wow. Yeah, he he very, he very thinks that's cool, but he, like, goes directly back to talking to the girls. He thinks they're, they're cooler. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking to them about, about, um, about Boltzmann's cart. Oh, it has an eye? Really? <laughs> it does an arcane eye um a cyborg eye an android eye i don't know anyway so and that concludes this adventure unless there's anything else you guys want to do i've got well, some epilogues for you i think at this point you. we kind of need to hire an accountant <laughs> joining <laughs> us today were uh actually let me do the epilogues <clears throat> i'll do the joining us stuff after okay also no need for an accountant I, i've been keeping track <laughs> good <laughs> all right epilogue time if the heroes convinced the quenels to fire bruce titus Grack, and spork did you guys yeah yeah well uh, it's a good yeah. thing you did because if the heroes convinced the quenels to fire burn titus Grack, and spork it's a good thing you convinced the quenels to fire those evil npcs those four were bad news because the quenels fired their guards and hired different ones the plan to murder the gnomes and steal all their money was foiled you saved the Quennel family. Good job. Orin passively benefits because his school friend Bruno's parents didn't die. Aw. Oh. If you let Xavier get arrested. 
the wheelchair-bound, war-forged, sentient robot goes to jail for a crime he didn't commit. He is swiftly found well, I mean, guilty. He's, he's going to get defense, right? You know, he's going to get some legal defense. Oh, so. okay. All right. Um, the last you saw in the newspaper, his hearing was in a month. Ah, uh, you might have made an enemy there, everybody. <laughs> I mean, he was already Aaron's enemy, and I'm and Beans is going to help out with the the defense. So you never okay. know. So this is one of Beans' first cases. Um, I mean, it's technically a roll... conflict of interest, but you know, we'll... uh, <laughs> roll a skill check to let's see how the trial happens. You get to pick your skill. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably go for. I'd say insight makes the most sense. So, uh, 21. That's pretty good. Okay, so the fire-breathing kittens may have sent him to jail, but then Beans got him off. So, your defensive Xavier makes him see you, Beans, in a new light, and the fire-breathing kittens too. Sure, Aaron was a little overzealous defeating him in the episode Thirsty Beach, and then you guys didn't really help him as other people accused him of a crime, but enthusiasm for one's job can be seen as a good personality trait. He shrugs and lets bygones be bygones. Life's a long road. You aren't friends by any means, but he can see why people hire you. And the next time he needs legal defense, who's he going to call? Ghostbusters. Wait, no, Beans. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. And lastly, if you do convince the nobles to create Monster Cade for all. Congratulations, you have convinced the nobles of Elysian Fields to band together to collectively pay for protection. Because there is a guaranteed payer who will buy guards whether or not there is an imminent monster attack, the risk of offering guard services decreases and the price also decreases. Rather than need to rush to hire guards when they need one and hope there are enough guards available and skilled enough to defend them, now there is a constant patrol of guards. Patrolling means the guards have the chance to scare off some monsters before they can ever attack. This preventative monstercade stops small problems from growing into big ones. Overall, the level of protection for Elysian Fields increases. There are fewer houses smashed and fewer lives lost in the five years after the start of Monstercade for All than there would have been with personal monster protection insurance strategies. Yay! (laughs) Joining us this time were... Tobias! I think I can afford a big bag of peanuts for Linens the Squirrel now. Aaron. There's not a whole lot we can't afford now. And beans. Ay ay ay. That's a lot of money. It's a good thing we already paid our tax, right, guys? Woo. <laughs> anyway, better cool beans. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Today on This American Dice... We bring you an actual play podcast that turns the -the at-the-table experience of a role-playing game into a radio drama featuring music, sound effects, and heavy doses of both drama and comedy. This American Dice features a variety of systems and tones and new content at least twice a week. Act 1, longer campaigns with continuing stories every Thursday. Act 2, shorter games and even one-shots every Friday. Act 3, breakdowns and advice for players and game masters alike, uh, whenever it comes up. So whether you want to hear high fantasy epics, tales of brave and nut-hungry squirrel warriors, the thrilling exploits of space-fearing misfits, or any other strange and exciting stories we come up with, join us on This American Dice. The unexamined life is not worth living. 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 
cross-examined life is about asking better questions. You don't need the college structure for that. Cross-examined life is about improving conversation. We need to be waging fewer foreign wars. Cross-examined life is about asking more questions. Why do we think that prohibition against drugs does work? The format is cross-exam and the subject is chosen by the guest. Join us as we elevate the art of disagreement, unpack assumptions, and challenge beliefs one question at a time.